everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 207. I am Pierre and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And then Connor's here too. Yep, just trying not to hiccup. <laughs> this is a DC Comics podcast. Every week we get together and we work our way through a bunch of DC Comics that were released that we happen to read. Uh, coming up on this week's show, uh, we do have some biggies. We have Dark Knight's Death Metal issue 1. Uh, we got... Strange Adventures issue 2 like I may actually call it Doctor Strange several times during this, yeah, this just, show just like last way, it is way better than Doctor Strange though yeah well that goes without saying because Doctor Strange is trash uh, <laughs> not the character but I'm just saying like it, I'll take Adam Strange to Doctor Strange that's just me yeah, uh, Superbad 22, we got the Flash Annual number 3, which really should have just been Suicide Squad Annual issue 1, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> we got Hawkman. Well, Tom tw- Taylor can't write everything, Pete. Well, I mean, even if you don't change the writer, though, it's, it's, it's still the, it's, it's more relevant to Suicide Squad than it is to Flash. Here's, here's the answer that. to that. No, no. Flash sells better. I guess. No. Let's get there. Let's the Flash book sells better. So they put it in the Flash annual so more people will pick it up thinking it's a Flash story and then maybe they'll go and check out Suicide Squad after. Like, we'll talk about it when we, when we get to it, alright? Did you even read it, Connor? Yes, because it's a Flash, uh, because it was a Suicide Squad thing. We I, we spoke about this before. I don't, yeah. I don't remember things you say to me. Like, you know... Well, pay attention. I don't listen to you talk. I, I hear Connor talk like, so much throughout the week, I can't re- retain all of it. Too much Just of it. Remember the important bits. <laughs> I do. I remember the important bits. The bits that I can use later to make you look a fool. That's the bits I remember. Those are the important. He forgets the things when when something comes back up when he's wrong. He, he conveniently forgets those. What are we talking about? Uh, Hogman Twenty Four is out this week. Uh, as was Batman: The Outsiders Thirteen. We're going to talk about the question: The deaths of Vic Sage, Issue Three, and then a little add on at the end as well. Uh, we got uh, Deceased Hope at World's End as well. Did I miss something? No, no missing. Good. No. Uh, there was a Tom Taylor Aquaman half book. Half book? Um, I haven't read that yet. Okay. I, I read it. It's decent. But Was this a digital thing or what? Yeah, it was a digital yeah. one. Connor, okay. as, as I am up to my nose in books I still need to read, Connor's like, hey, there's Tom Taylor writing Aquaman. <laughs> and I was like, well, I might as well get it. Uh, turns out it's only half a book. But still, for that dollar, half that book is still real good. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's probably well, worth it. I, pay- I haven't read it yet. You pay, uh, but, you, you pay four for most, so even if you're just getting half a book for a dollar. <laughs> yeah. So, and the other half might be good, but I had to read other things. So, <laughs> I, I read it in the time it took me to eat my lunch yesterday at work. I was done with the Tom Taylor book. Joe, I'd love, I'd love it if Matt didn't know who the other writer was, right? And he's like, nah, the other writer's done important. I just read the Tom Taylor half. But then we went back and checked later, and the other writer's like, oh, somehow. I don't know. Someone came back from the dead, and it's actually yeah. <laughs> well Wait, because it's digital first. It's it's. I say, but because it's digital first, it's not like it's continuity. So it's true. Fine. Very true. Yeah. Uh, so that's what's coming up. We got a bit of news as well. Um, not as much as last week, obviously, because last week was uh, Solicit Central as well as with a lot of other big things that were coming alongside yeah. it. Uh, so yeah, episode two hundred seven. We're here and big books to talk about. It's nice. It's, it's you know it's different. Uh. Uh, I have to start off on a relatively negative note, but you know, uh, the books are good and nice, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, mainly, obviously, th- th- did this stuff break after the show last week? I think it did. The the, the accusations, yeah. Cameron Stewart, uh, oh, 
and then more notably Warren Ellis, and the reason I say more notably in this case is because that's what this first story is about, is that Warren Ellis was announced earlier this week to be doing a two-page story in like one of the one-shots that were coming up uh, later in the year. We, we knew he was doing the, the, the story uh, a long time ago when the book was announced. We didn't know it was only mm-hmm. two pages. Yes, but it no, was... No, we did. I, I remember reading it was a short... It was a short, and it's about Dinosaur Batman. Yeah, we knew that. Stupidly yeah. excited for that much, but it was only two pages. I do remember that. Yeah, well, um, I didn't remember he had a story. I just, it wasn't until yeah. I read this next thing that I, I even remembered this. But he, uh, he's he been pulled from that. That, that two-page story's been pulled, and they've actually replaced it with a Margaret Bennett two-page story, which to, I guess they're just sort of giving her the concept of the dinosaur, but uh, honestly, I don't think I was going to complain if just two pages are missing from an anthology one-shot. Like, <laughs> it would have no. been fine. Uh, but anyway, that's that's really not the, the point of this, is that he's he's being pulled because there's been some sexual misconduct allegations uh, thrown his way, uh, which came after the Cameron Stewart stuff, which Cameron Stewart's not working on anything at DC right now, but of course did work on uh, the Burnside Batgirl stuff. He was a co-writer for that, yeah. yeah. Co-writer. Mm. Uh, uh, allegations of grooming, things like that. Uh, we'll get into it too heavily, I don't think, but uh, this was kind of a, a big thing that kicked off you know late last weekend and it led to a lot of people on twitter speaking out a lot of i was gonna say young women but not really just women talking about stories women when they were general. young. well no but my point yeah. being is they're talking about stories of when they were young younger or younger mm-hmm. uh, and they were breaking into the industry and stories of of people who are already there uh either grooming or or manipulating based on their their power their cred you know been worried that they would be blacklisted from publishers if they either spoke out against certain people or refused to do certain things, things like that. And so, it sounds like some people were more explicit with those threats than others. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, all these have varies, and it, it kind of actually snowballed into other industries, because this, this started off being the comic book industry and how those, those predatory people within it that will prey on younger people, uh, mostly in this case women, but there, there's examples of Others as well as examples of younger men being mm-hmm. exploited by older men and things like that too. Yeah, it's just basically men in the position of power being creeps, and just I would like them just to stop. Yeah, just it's so systematic, yourself. and there's no there's no further proof of that than the fact that it snowballed into other industries, and to the point yeah. where if you follow the wrestling industry, the wrestling industry actually overshadowed this by the end of the week because just the amount of yeah. stories that were coming out of that yep. side. There's there's no wrestling group that has not been touched by this from my local one here to all the way up to the top ones you know wwe aew all the all the all around the world i mean i haven't seen any from new japan but you know time can tell right like mm-hmm. um yeah the, the wrestling world's on fire like the stuff that i go to for comfort i can't go to the comfort right now and uh, and then hearing these stories just it makes me sick you know, and it makes this stuff not fun, and that's why, at least that's why I'm into this stuff, right? It's it's for fun. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, it, I think with Sabbath, what, what what really outside of just the the, the 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 systematic problem that we have in every industry, seemingly uh, mm-hmm. based on this stuff, is that both with comics and wrestling, that the thing that really ties those two together is that they're both creative art forms where. You know, regardless of your opinion on either one, but the point being is that the people who get into them do so because they like it, because they're passionate, because mm-hmm. they want to be a part of that world, because they want to make comics, because they want to be a wrestler, whatever it may be. And they, they put themselves into these positions wanting to get further in that 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 life and that career, and they're taken advantage of, like, yep. almost to the, to the point, the amount of stories, particularly out of the English wrestling scene this past couple of days, 
made it sound like any woman who didn't have some sort of story to tell was absurdly lucky that she managed to right. navigate the minefield though there was that scene right. so right. you know it's it's uh it Shut shouldn't up, it sucks there, there shouldn't there shouldn't be this weird hurdle this weird nope creepy malevolent gatekeeping <laughs> that seems to no, go and on and that's why there there's people out there that claim that all of this is a meritocracy and that's the biggest lie of it all right is that you know people will all you have to do is have the talent and you'll get up there and it's like no that's not true at all because people are being held down mm-hmm. it's, you know? it's how it should be but i but mean we all not. know the reality yeah it's and, and again i've seen this in the local scene here when it comes to wrestling and you know i'm not involved in in local comics but it, it seems from hearing these women's stories is it's just it's disgusting the type of uh, power some of these men are wielding and and of course the women want to be storytellers right that's why they get into comics and now this group of men's trying to stop them because you know they don't want to be a part of that system or or they do get taken advantage of and they're quiet about it because of it and it's like uh, and again it makes it sound where like i'm being selfish by saying just stop because this is stuff i enjoy but it's also stop treating women badly right like it's not that hard. Again, it's not that hard to be a good person, but apparently it is. It impacted me reading one of the comics this week, at least. You know, yeah. it, like, because uh, uh, Cameron Stewart broke earlier in the week. Yeah, that maybe that mm-hmm. was over the weekend. Uh, Warren Ellis broke, it was Monday night or Tuesday morning, so I'd literally, you know, just read it before I read Metal, and I'd forgotten that he was doing a Metal thing. So I, I've read it, and, you know, I saw all the stuff on Twitter, and, you know, later in the day, I went to read my comics, and you know, I get to, you know, oh, T-Rex Batman's in it, and I went, oh, oh, shit, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, what are yep. they going to do? Like, it, it well, completely and... took me out of the comic, just because it was, and then, you know, and then, oh, I'm, I took a break from the comic, I'm back on Twitter and seeing all the stuff again. Right, and I and I feel bad for some of our friends that are, like, huge into some of these creators, right, and having to come to terms with all of that, and mm-hmm. selfishly, I look at it like, well, it's not one of my guys yet, you know, like... I mean, and I hate having to be on, on, you know, like waiting for it now, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's obviously worth mentioning that, like, us having creators that we can no longer like is the lesser of the the issues yeah. here in yeah, terms of the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's not the the real problem. No, no. It's, it's 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 what personally kind of hits us a bit more. But we are incredibly fortunate, and let's face it. I mean, again, yeah, some men can be you know, victimized and especially in certain positions. But yeah. for the most part, we tend to just don't have to worry about this. For the most part, oh. we get to just sail on through and, and never even think about this. And I'll, if I have a bit of advice for anyone, is that for, for men specifically, uh, for young younger men, I mean, older men need this too, but I'm, I'm thinking specifically if, if you're, you know, I imagine maybe some teenagers listen, listen to this or... I know plenty of guys I went to school with that are my age that this is probably a thing. Yeah, they, I mean, they do, or they've dealt with in some way. So. Yes. The, 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 what I was going to say is, though, is that I think most people will be surprised, or most men specifically, will be surprised if they actually talk to the women that they're around, whether it be their relatives, their friends, girlfriends, whatever it may be, is pretty much, like, I won't say everyone, but a silly amount have a story, yeah. at least one story of something that made them feel uncomfortable 
or something. And they're all varying degrees. There's some that are relatively minor in the grand scheme of things, and then there's ones that are as bad as some of these stories that are coming out now. But they all have something. They all have some story to tell of some time that was, you know, someone was leveraging their position, or they felt uh, scared, or they felt pressured, or something. Like, they, it's a story that... And, I feel like any reaction to this stuff where your first instinct is to defend whoever's been accused of, of the thing, right, is like, you're really not understanding how much of a widespread problem this is, and you're sort of determined to be ignorant and bury your head in the sand and not, like, like you don't want to accept it, you don't want to think about it, because you maybe it's because you've not witnessed it yourself, maybe because you've just not encountered or even right. talked to people you know about their experiences and you've not yeah. you've not noticed it or, or witnessed it yourself. And it's just well that seems to be the problem across the board with a lot of stuff whether it's you know politics or or this or anything it's a lot of people go well i haven't experienced so it must not be true well like you haven't experienced like going to the bottom of the ocean right but you know people have you, you don't you don't argue with james cameron that he went to the bottom of the ocean you know but any type of negative stuff that comes out their first thing is to defend what they like and, you know, you got to come to terms with it that not, like, maybe we shouldn't be deifying a lot of these people because they are human at the end of the day, you know? And sure, it's going to suck if you have to deal with that. That this person that you looked up to creatively or, you know, on other different levels did something really scummy and creepy and evil, you know? But that doesn't mean that the other person, just because you like that one person doesn't mean the other person's lying. That, that's the one thing that I hate seeing in all this is the people that instantly go to defend that the other person's lying when, why, I don't know, why would they just go onto social media and do this just to, you know, what, uh, they're going to ruin someone's career? Well, like, I it's, don't know. It's what, like, what I tend to is I want to not give them the benefit of the doubt that it didn't happen, but maybe give them the benefit of the doubt that they've grown since then and maybe they're better yeah. now. And, and and I think that's where, you know, with, with Warren Ellis, he put out an apology that was really ultimately half-assed, it felt. It was kind of like, I'm sorry people found out. Yeah, it, it was me. like, well, he, he kind of went, well, I didn't realize I was that big of a deal. I didn't realize people looked up to me. I'm like, really? No, no, on, no. Bro. Come on. Yeah. It's like, you, you knew. You, you, he's had stories in the past of him bragging about being in like, I mean, first-class planes with like famous people. It's like, yeah. you knew. Just to, to, to wrap this up with a, a touch on Warren Ellis and his actual work at DC, just to, to bring this on topic to, to the show. Um, apparently, the story in Metal was pulled at his request uh, rather than DC making the call. And it's worth noting he is still working on a Batman's Grave. That's hmm. still technically coming out, although it is worth noting that the next issue was scheduled for July, but currently has just a, a TBD date attached to it. Hmm. So... I don't know if that's going to continue or not. We'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Damn. Well, I like, I like Bennett enough, so it's not like I'm going to lose anything reading her work in that, you know what I mean? In that in that story, so... Yeah, I like Bennett. Yeah. Well, I think she... Did Snyder bring her in or help give her a uh, spotlight when he was working? Because I, I don't remember ever hearing her name until... Yeah, I can't remember who it is. But... So, so it would make sense that that's who's filling in. You know, they work together well with, with Snyder. 
Yeah, yeah I, I remember that being one of the annuals around around the zero year stuff. I think it was mm -hmm. around that period. The 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 yeah. Mister Bloom was around that yeah. period. Oh, but yeah. So and it might work out for the best. Who who knows? Mm. Uh, I'm just always trying to look at the positive in all of this. Yeah. So. Uh, the only other thing I have news wise is uh, free comic day. They're, they're doing this weird like multi week thing. Nine uh, weeks. Yeah, nine weeks uh, of like these random three comic book things uh, from various publishers. Notably, though, uh, for our show's perspective, is that there's no DC, and part of that, that that's not true. There is one DC. Book oh, sorry, in there. there is one DC, but uh, DC is largely absent, and part of that is probably because the, it's actually Diamond who arranged free comic book day stuff, and notably, uh, there's no Generation Zero, and that seems to just be gone. Um, the only DC thing. Uh, out, out of nine weeks of stuff, <laughs> may I add, the only DC thing is uh, Batman Overdrive, Batman Once Upon a Crime, uh, which is coming on July 29th. So, I don't know what that is. It sounds like they, um, like there, there may be the like the the young adult books, and it's like the a teaser for those, maybe. Yeah. So. No, because uh, obviously, as we know, DC have left Diamond, uh, and there's obviously still some overlap happening just now as as we transition. But they're not going to be there much longer, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but not notably that that date is within that that cutoff. You know, that's before they're going. It's to at the end of July, yeah. uh, I believe. Their their books coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because they extended it, right? Because it was originally going to be done before then, but. Yes. They extended it till, I don't even remember when, but it was another month or something. I think like it's that. just late July, early August now, and it is. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that lines up. Yeah. About right. Um, so, cool. Um, yeah, so yeah, Gener I mean, we're not surprised. Generation Zero's no. just gone. No, I'm shocked. Uh, and I mean, honestly, after reading Metal Issue 1, I, I kind of feel even more so that, yeah, whatever was going to be changed <laughs> with Generations is probably it's just going to be incorporated. Maybe that's part of the reason why this ended up getting an extra issue and extra yeah. tie-ins. Yeah, okay, maybe. well, now that we've well, got to do all this other stuff, can we have some more space to tell our story? Well, I also hate that now I'm reading it with that lens of, okay, what's being added? Yeah. What was covering up for generations? I don't, like, was a certain character always meant to, to be that cloaked character? Or is that something that was added later? You know, I don't know. Yeah, mm -hmm. also, something I discovered today, so this is not news, this is something that I mean, I could have noticed, like, probably, like, a month or two ago, <laughs> but didn't for some reason, uh, and I've heard no one talk about it, is that there's actually a, a skip week coming up at the start of July. Uh, there's a week with no books. Mm -hmm. For DC? Yeah, because uh, there's, uh, there's books out on... Wait a minute. Oh, maybe I'm wrong, actually. Hold on. Are you just mixing up the Tuesdays and no, the Wednesdays? No, 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 I'm right. There's a couple of trades, but there's no... Uh, so the 1st of July, which for DC is the 30th of June, because it's Tuesdays and not Wednesdays. So uh, these, so I think if, if the Tuesday falls in the previous month, that still counts as the first week of the, the following month, if that makes sense. It still counts for what the Wednesday is in terms of the schedule. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the 30th of June, which is the Tuesday, and 1st of July, which is for the other publishers, there's no single issues coming out. I'm just trying to find the original, you know, when they rescheduled things. Because mm. uh, I'm looking at which, the... Which week am I looking at, sorry? Uh, uh, the June 30th we're looking at here is the Tuesday. 
Oh, hang on. Let me go back to June then. So the, this, this update is still... I, I looked for July's, and it was uh, straight from... Uh, although I think this is new, because I'm sure I remember there being stuff. Yeah, originally they scheduled um, Deceased Dead Planet was supposed to be that week. Justice League 48 and Lois 12 was supposed to be that week when they, you know, uh, a couple of months ago where they put out their new schedule for the next couple of months, you know, that, that had been before the new solicits were in effect. Yeah, for whatever so this reason, is uh, this, is, this has changed. Um, it is notable that was originally going to be kind of the last time that Diamond were putting out single issues. I wonder if that was the reason for the change in the first place. Um there's maybe a transitionary. Maybe. Where where have you seen this that, that, that it's changed? I heard about it. Uh, Comics list right now uh, doesn't have anything scheduled for that that week. So it's a couple of trades, but there's no single issues. Oh, how strange! I because uh, yeah, like this is this was not the original plan. So this has just been quietly done at some point. Yeah, well, it's been it's been very uh, temperamental, you know, with things. And I'm just going to double check on League of Comics to see if they've got the same information. I just checked. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, notably, that's actually also a week that Marvel... Because Marvel just in every other week right now. Uh, yeah. And notably, that's also a week that Marvel's got no single issue. So there's no Marvel or DC books <laughs> on the same week. Yeah. There's a... I mean, Boom and IDW and Image you know, and, and all that have still got stuff coming out. I'm looking now and there yeah. is other stuff that week. At least as of right now. Yeah, it's just DC and Marvel. I mean, Mar- Marvel it makes sense because they're just that's just their it just happens to fall in that week because they're doing it every other week anyway. But yeah, there's there's a random week with no DC books. How strange! I like that. I like it either. Um, but it does mean you get to beat Connor in a quiz again, Matt. So I mean, that's good news. I'm ill that week. <laughs> the quizzing. I told you, no more quizzes once the show came back. The quizzing. Sh- yeah, but this is this is a special quarantine one shot then because there's no no comics. It's perfect. I'm not taking. I mean, either way, I win. So. <laughs> I mean, I don't care about that. I'm just a board of quizzes. What is it? It's been the last one now. We've been back for like seven episodes. I'm sick of them. God, you're such a spoil sport. He's the, he sucks the fun out of everything. Do you want to know what, what is fun, though? What's fun? Got more news. Uh, what's, what's the more news? What, what news is so, happening? So, we've got a few other little bits and pieces. Um, so the Walmart, the DC giants, obviously those have kind of ended. They've been shifting them to digital first, but they didn't want to stop doing things entirely at Walmart. So they're uh, just doing like um, multi packs. They're 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 putting like four comics in, bagging them together for like nine dollars, and they have like um, a, a backing board that will be like an exclusive board, and then they'll like you know. I think the, the if you get all on the boards, it's supposed to join up to make a bigger picture. Uh, they haven't actually said what yeah. comics are going to be in them yet, but just they're, they're insistent on getting comics out into the world via Walmart. Um, I, I feel like that tells you uh, that they thought of the gimmick first and the actual books. Okay, I'll, I'll come later. <laughs> we'll think of the books yeah, later. Yeah, that's what I would say. The part of me that loves gimmicks is like, this is cool. The other part of me is like, well, what else? No, yeah, we, we know there's going to be a Batman pack, a Superman pack, a Wonder Woman pack, an Aquaman pack, and a Justice League pack. Okay. Um, I don't know what's going to be in them, cool. but this might work out better in that, you know, maybe just getting some of the actual in-universe books, depending on what they choose. Might, if you choose you know, a handful of issues from recent arcs that are you know, just started uh, from a bunch of different books, 
maybe that'll work better um, and getting people interested to read more of that next story than just here's a random you know, one-shot thing. Yeah, um, Just another couple of little bits. Uh, one almost a little funny thing is just uh, you know how all the people are like, oh, DC single issues are dead. They don't care anymore. Uh, they, they, and, and in particular, they don't care about retailers because if they did, they wouldn't have shifted to you know, making their, their lives a nightmare. Um, so they've they're launching a you know a promotional thing with the with the three jokers where mm-hmm. there's like a, a playing card with each issue that you get and each one's gonna be one of the three jokers. Um, just as a little you know, with every issue, you know, you, as long as you buy it in a store, you'll get Yeah, that. look. I'm not a big fan of the Joker, but I want those playing cards. So they do look kind of work cool. on me. Um Matt, they see you coming. You know that they see I you know. coming. I love stupid little things like that. I can't help it. Your shop has already set yours aside. Oh, I'm sure. A couple more things. When we've got um, some uh, original narrative podcasts with DC characters coming to Spotify. Um, this excites me because uh, Marvel have been doing this for a couple of years now. Annoyingly, they do theirs with Stitcher. So it means there's like a year's exclusivity until I can listen to them because I'm not listen paying for Stitcher. Because yeah. uh, it's like premium on there. Uh, they, they had the, the Wolverine one by uh, by Benjamin Percy. They've had two seasons yep. of that. that uh, that's fantastic. And then uh, they turn that into a comic? They yes. did it because he yeah. adapted the first series into a mm-hmm. comic, uh, which was also really good. So worth checking yeah. out. Uh, well, and they've it got turns uh, out Ben Percy's good at writing. Who would have yeah. thought? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> and and there, there also may or may not be some werewolves in that story, Matt. Uh, but the only other you know bigger thing that, that I think is worth talking about is the DC fandom. Now I don't know if you guys have seen anything about this. Uh, no. Okay. So it's a virtual convention that they're doing. Uh, it'll be like a 24 hours free virtual convention on August the 22nd. And it's going to be a whole, you know, it's a big DC thing. They'll be announcing things to do with movies, TV, and they did specify comics as well. Um, like we know, uh, James Gunn's going to be doing something to do with Suicide Squad at it. Yeah. Uh, so you know, in terms of movies, just okay, there is something relatively big coming on that day, presumably. Um, they said games as well, so we can expect the the new Arkham game, whatever that may be, you know, whatever form that's going to be, to actually finally be announced. I know we spoke about that last week, I think. Um, but yeah, August twenty second, I think we're expecting that now. Uh, comics, I have no idea if they treat this as the replacement for San Diego, which is kind of what it feels like it's going to be um maybe yeah maybe this is uh... yeah the news for early next year might be there yeah yeah a lot of the other conventions just gave up and cancelled this week emerald city's rescheduled one cancelled keystone pax west yeah but if you look at the timeline you think about like but by that point the solicits will be up to you know the end of the year start next year then so you know it makes sense that whatever big things coming after the end of metal you know that seems yeah. like a good place to reveal uh, the books and whatnot. It's, it's notable that that was announced in the same week that like Emerald City was was originally rescheduled for August, and that was uh, you know a reasonably sized one that could have had some announcements for you know that early next year period from DC. Um, but with that cancelled, it's well, we'll roll it in, just do their own thing. Um, kind of makes sense. Also, I saw stuff about a certain cut. Yes, yeah, there was a might... teaser. There was a little teaser put out yeah. for uh, for the the Snyder cut. I didn't watch it. I, I don't. 
I, I clicked on it and then just sort of clicked through it quickly to see if it was anything notable. And I, you see kind of darts. You see darts at one point. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, because clicking through it and watching like five individual seconds in the space of. That's five more seconds than I want to watch of that. <laughs> well, that's real. I'm going to watch it when it's on HBO Max, Wait, just uh, out of a grim sense yeah, of curiosity. I... But I'm not going out of my way to watch a trailer. I feel like most people would be mad that I didn't even watch all of a 40-second trailer from start to finish, and you two are mad that I even dared to see three seconds of it. Well, because, Pete, we already know. Like, it's, it's, yeah. I hate having to argue this again with people. It sucks. So I just have to ignore it, which sucks even more. So it turns inward. If anyone's a candidate to become a Hulk here, if I ever get hit with gamma rays, that's it. Ugh. All right. Uh, okay, let's move on, shall we? Let's, let's talk about comics. Because we have comics. We have a big comic this week. Uh, we have Dark Knight's Death Metal issue one. Scott Snyder writing with Greg Capullo on the art. Or Greg Greg Capullo, as I've written in my notes for some reason. Uh, so They all did have fun nicknames again on the credits page. Again? Did this last oh. time? I don't remember this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. I don't remember what the nicknames were, but I remember they had them. I feel like they changed every issue. Yeah, they did. Oh. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, my my memory just doesn't go, I, uh, go back I that far. I appreciate that they extended it to every member of the yes. credits page. Yeah, all the variant covers, all the editors, the cartographer, because they hired a cartographer for their map. Everything. They did? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But it was uh, Death Metal and Anti-Crisis Part 1. It all matters, which I was going, uh, you guys, here we go. Um, my, my Scott, hallowed be thy name, Snyder, and Greg, painkiller Capullo. Um, painkiller's got to be the drink, right, Connor? Like, no, no, Capullo, almost certainly. Yeah, so that's, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it, um, it all matters is kind of a... It's just mission kind of, statement. Yeah, it's just... It's a shot across the bow. I feel, I feel like... I feel like getting into this, there's, there's a lot of, how do I put this, there's a lot of bells ringing, shall we say. There's a lot of bells ringing for the the crowd that they're trying to appeal to with some of the verbiage used throughout yeah, this issue yeah. um, uh, with certain I things. Think, I think the, 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 the statement of saying it all matters and then actually saying, you know, the, the, the first caption page you, you have a page at the start with sergeant rock we'll get to that but then you have yeah. the credits page the map and mm -hmm. then the second page after that you've got um uh, you know diana there and it you know it, the, the first caption page says hell formerly themiscara the dcu and then in brackets yes the real dcu right they're really so going hard to say no 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 shit hit the fan here you know what this reminds me of and i don't know if you guys read this but i read it all and i was very disappointed in it but it's probably because i was missing big chunks was was Hickman's Secret Wars? Oh right. <laughs> you know, I, was, uh, I, I thought I was going to say Convergence. Like we even read half a page of Hickman's Secret Wars. I actually, no, yeah. I, I read the first issue of Secret Wars. I read the first issue. No idea what was going on. I had no idea, but I still read it all. Um, because it's an event. I used to just read the Marvel events. Now I don't bother except for I learned my lesson with Hawks and Pox. So you're so... saying you're not going to read Empire? No. No. I'll be honest, until you said it there, I could have told you what the next Marvel event was called, so... I only because yeah. I just read a headline for it when I was going yeah. to the news. Yeah, yeah. was it the Hulkling one? 
I saw Empire. I went, oh yeah, that was a thing. I didn't read the rest. Anyways. Oh, Matt, you mate. Mate, mate. Right. So, the book starts. I mean, you could talk about Sergeant Raw later. This is kind of a a little bookending thing. But we have Wonder Woman. She's actually with a chainsaw breaking down the invisible jet. And we're Mm -hmm. kind of slowly interested in this world that she's in right now. Uh, We have, obviously, a very unhealthy looking swamp thing who's much skinnier. And. Healthier than the last time we saw him in Justice League Dark. Well, I don't read that book, so why would I know that? He's been reformed by reality, though, and that's what I wanted to say before my, my mic went, is my understanding of Secret Wars was it was all the, the Marvel Universe that had been reshaped by Doctor Doom. And so that's why there was all these different worlds. Here it seems like there's just one world that's been reformed by by Batman Who Laughs from the whatever the end that we were at, because, right... In Justice League, that led to this point, Perpetua threw Lex aside for Batman Who Laughs, right? Yes, because Batman yeah. Who Laughs promised endless dark multiverse energy right. because right, right, right. Uh, all the and bad things happening constantly. So forever. I kind of feel bad for the people that are just jumping into this, not oh. having read all of that. That makes no sense if you haven't. <laughs> right. But I do like for the us that kind of maybe forgotten some beats. This gets into those and kind of explains those more than I think Snyder had been doing in the Justice League run. There's basically there's a, one of these big exposition pages in the middle is actually more of a recap page for people yeah, who have been I, reading the run. Honestly, I think that's for anyone who's jumped into this who didn't read. You know, maybe they read mm-hmm. Metal but didn't read Justice League, and they've come back for you know the the Metal sequel. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like, hey, here's the cliff notes of the the bare minimum you need to know, and for us, it functions as a recap. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we're interested in this world as as Batman ruled world. There's villains and various characters in cells, including the Joker, uh, who's rocking some pretty long hair. Um, yeah. And we get that all these various Batmen from various worlds that are here, including the Bat T Rex, uh, because of course. Yeah. Who is so- a a he is the robot T Rex from the Bat Cave that is that world was going down. Bruce downloaded his consciousness into. Of course he did. Yeah. And, and I want to hate it, but I can't. The yeah. other Batman there, the red one is is Terry. Terry from a dark, yeah, because he's called the Beyonder. Yeah. And yeah. the other one, is, is that Alfred? It, well, I don't know, but it's Batmage, is, is what they were calling yeah, that one. It kind of looks like Alfred. Mm-hmm. He's old, dude, for sure. He's old, scrawny, yeah. dude. Uh, there's a bunch of jokes here about the T-Rex, nobody able to throw batarangs with the, the tiny arms, and he's working on it. Uh, vaguely amusing stuff. And... Basically, so you know what's funny about this is that I, I still feel like the Batman Who Laughs text, uh, you know, has has a uh, narration boxes. Mm-hmm. The actual font. It's you know, I, I, I love it's the font or the colors, but something about it just looks lower resolution than everything else. Oh no, I actually it, agree with that. It's it's not because uh, yeah, I, I you can yeah. zoom right in on it and it's yeah. fine. It's, it's just. It's the scratchiness that's meant to make it seem unhinged. It, just, it makes it harder to read. I feel uncomfortable reading yeah. it. And I think that's the point, though, right? Yeah, but not uncomfortable in a like a fun. Oh, I'm getting a vibe from this. But uncomfortable in it. No, I'm straining my eyes looking at this. I don't. I'm, like I'm, I, I, I don't know if it's it's maybe it's the scratchiness. It's maybe it's the the red on the black. I don't know, but I agree. It is a little bit yeah. awkward to read. I feel like I need to, an, I, every time I read that has text, I feel like I need an eye test. <laughs> 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 Maybe you need better glasses, Pete, because I have really bad vision and I don't, I don't struggle that bad. Well, uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna say, Pete, I have perfect vision. 
and my eyes don't like this text. Yeah, I think I it's, don't know. The, you guys are reading it on a bigger yeah. screen than I am, so I don't know what's going on then. I don't have any issue. Yeah. I probably read way maybe it's because I read way more of it because I read the Batman Who Laughs. And you just, <laughs> just, <laughs> hey, I, I read like four issues of that. Right, I know, but I still read more than you. Yeah, but um before you get to that page, you have they're, they're bringing in a, a hooded figure, which yes. led to the first mystery that I, I start racking my brain on who this could be. So I, I will give Snyder credit that even though I've read everything up to this point that he's done, it, it still had some twists and turns. Yeah, Diane is like you, so she realizes who it is, mm-hmm. but she doesn't say it for us, so we just sort of right. go ahead. Um, So, uh, I mean, we get introduced to the, the outside world, which has got flying Joker dragons going around and all the evil Robins going around mm-hmm. going crow, crow. And then crow. the, what, what seems like the Batman Who Laughs Justice League, um, you know, who all, they all have like almost, I'm trying to think of the right word, like like patrons, I guess, to, to these other Batman that are mm. terrifying. So, you know, you have you have the Harley one, you know, uh with, with her man bat esque creepy crawling bats. Like a, yeah, Batthulu with, with Aquaman and the Bat Mage. Then you have Diana with, with Swamp Thing. Um uh, a Mr. Miracle with what looks like a, uh Batman Orion kind of hybrid. Batman with a cod piece essentially. Well, yeah, but is not meant to be like the the harness that uh, Ryan uses. Like, I, right? I, I, That's I, how I read it. I could buy that, and that would make sense with this. Yeah. Movie. Well, they show right. you. They show us. We don't really see Superman in this issue, but they do show us because they're they're giving Batman they're who laughs programming a, him with the anti life. They're giving Batman who laughs a report, and they're showing him a hologram of an apocalypse, uh, or a new apocalypse. I think they may have even specifically right. called it. Uh, so. But it's during this Batman starts talking to Diana uh, telepathically, and it's something to do with Jean. You know, the, he's, the link. he's reverse engineered the the telepathic yeah. link because mm-hmm. Batman. Just go with it. Hated it. Yes, I, I I didn't really think about it too hard, but hearing you two talk about it, like I'm actually more annoyed at it because Connor just went, "Oh, just go with it." And now, no, but that's that's the impression hit it. it gives you. Well, like, like, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I like it. I'm no, just that's what it is. It's, it's just go with it. That that's kind of how it's. I mean, kind of brought up in the issue. At first, I accepted it because I was like, "Well, that link was in Justice League. Like that's how they communicated. It was well established." But then to have Bruce go, "Oh, I reverse engineered it." Well, no, you're not a telepath, bro. Like, yeah, because because the first thing is Diana's like, "How?" It's like, yeah. "Oh, when when John set up the psychic link, I built my own version of the signal just in case." And it's like, I'm not sure that's how telepathy no, works, Bruce, but sure. But I was like, you know what? I'm enjoying the setting. I will move on. You know? Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I did. So they have kind of a, an inner debate about what to do. Uh, there's a, a bat rocket at one point that goes for the Batman who laughs, and the, 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 the evil Robins just jump in and take mm-hmm. the blast for him, as you do. And Batman just stands there. He's just he's just waiting, and Batman who laughs wants to... Wants you know, just it's like, hey, Bruce, you finally showed up. Blah 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 blah. Um, and he sends his bat men army after him, which uh, has got some great. We got a scarecrow, a clayface, Etrigan. Uh, yeah, what, what else have we got in you there? Have a Deathstroke, Plastic Man, Deathstroke. Plastic Man. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a whole bunch of characters, uh, and then ultimately. Bruce whips out a black lantern ring and says, "Rise to raise yeah. an army of the dead to fight them." Yeah. So 
in that exposition page, you had the Batman who laughs explaining that that as a kid, his dad would take him to this field to practice baseball, and he'd ask why. He said these are the uh, bodies buried of, of some of the revolutionaries of Gotham that got taken out during the Revolutionary War. They they called themselves the Dead Bats. So I was getting some beats. Gangs of New York vibes. Was that? It was the Dead Beats, and then oh, they, the dead, they, they well, co-opted they get, later. Right, because the Dead Beats of a drum and then whatnot. And uh, and so I was like, well, I wonder how this is going to pay off. And then, because it was very Gangs of New York feeling, right? Um, and then here, he comes up with the, the Black Lantern ring to rise, which then I was also like, well, this must be Black Lantern's ring because I know from, from you know, that that crisis from Blackest Night that the rings had to revive the heroes, right? Yeah. That, that's how they came up. So anyways, that was just a little and, and then thing. One of the people who comes up is is our, our old buddy Jonah Hex. Yep. Um, and so they, they fight the, the Batman, uh, the Batman who laughs, provides yeah. a a cover for Bruce to get away on his bone motorcycle. Yeah. So Batman and Wonder Woman kind of have a, a debate, you know, again, telepathically about, you know, Batman's basically at the point now where he's like, we just have to try and save whoever's left. We have to try and build mm-hmm. something from what we have now. And Wonder Woman still hold it, you know, cling on to the hope that they can fix everything. They can put everything back the way it was uh, and fix the universe. And that's when we cut to uh, uh, Ossix, if I'm saying that mm-hmm. right. Uh, a living planet of bone where Lobo is digging up something at the behest of someone else. Uh, All very mysterious. It doesn't show us what it is. It just kind of, you know. It looks like it's wooden. It looks like a barrel, maybe, like or a chest. Or a crate, you know, something. I mean, presumably whatever it actually is is inside the... Yeah, yeah, but just in terms of the size of it, it's giving us some sense of scale. Yeah. So, there we get to... Because, I mean, up until now, like, I've enjoyed some of the, the, the humor with the dinosaur and uh, mm-hmm. some of the some of the beats and whatnot. For me, everything that makes this issue is basically from this point on. I agree. Yeah. And what I think is really notable is there was a point where I got to that um uh, that that last page with Lobo, and then you know the, the next page is just one of those interlude pages. You know, power mm-hmm. chords. It says, "I was like, huh, that could have been the end of the issue. Like right. that tease, that amount of pages could have been the uh, end of an issue. If that was the end of the issue, I'd have come in here and said, yeah, it was okay." Yeah, uh, I would have been very well, lukewarm is, on it. This is what makes it worthy of the of the title of the Anti Crisis. I mean, that explains yeah. we're going to explain that. But right here, the introduction of this character is to me what turns it into a modern crisis that sets it up to that next level. And I, I think one of the reasons why, like, it's only so so up until this point. Or, or I mean, that's maybe a bit unfair. But just it's, if it's if that's all it was, kind of, it seems like a blockbuster up to this point, right? Well, no. no it, what, what I was trying to say is. If if this all this if this is all the book was up until this point and then it ended here, part of the reason why it doesn't really start to feel exciting until after this is because how many times do we do this in comics where all the heroes end up in some alternate version of the world? Like they do it all the goddamn time. Marvel do it all the goddamn time. Like it's mm-hmm. such a it's a trope in comic books that is overused to to the nth degree. It really is. Um. Where this gets interesting is because, no, no, the characters being themselves and the characters actually try to fight for the things that matter and for the world that, that we know and remember is what's interesting. So Diana, because that prisoner that came in earlier that we didn't get to see, didn't go into a cell, went into the pit, the Tartarus pit. Into Tartarus, right. Right. So Diana goes in, even though she's not supposed to, and she's into this, there's dark void, 
and we find out that the hooded figure was Wally West, and he's got his blue outfit on, um, yeah. but he's, he's, you know, he's Wally West, and first of all, you just a touchy moment here where, where she hugs him and says, mm-hmm. you know, old friend, we're going to make this right. Uh, even that was just like, oh man, you're pulling my heartstrings see her, like, don't, Snyder, yeah. don't, don't tease something yeah. you're not going to deliver on, you prick, right? I tell you right now, if you're not going to fix this, <laughs> you don't you dare tease it. <laughs> I, I, I've got more faith in Snyder delivering in this story than I did in the the overall generation's sure. shot with everyone. Right. I mean, he had to already have been here, though, like, in this story, because this, this first issue would have been written before things were pushed, or before yeah. generations were pulled. Yeah. It almost seems to me like what we thought was being wedged into metal, it seems like generations was being wedged in to DC. Right? Like, Snyder had his plan, and sure, things have changed. But then it seemed like they were going to wedge in whatever Generations is in addition to that. So I, I feel know. like this is just reset it. I don't know. Because I, I feel like what was more likely happening is that Snyder's got his story that he wants to tell. And whatever it happens to fix in the DCU, like mm-hmm. post it, it's just it's not anything he's even concerned about doing necessarily. He's not necessarily involved in no. the, deciding what that is. He's just, it's just his story happens to lend itself to, at the end, they're going to have fixed the multiverse, and whatever they want to do in terms of continuity afterwards, what's in place, what isn't, right. they can just have happen. Right. It's a good excuse for it. And that's what I'm saying, we're, we're generations wedged into that, you know, um, going forward. But, but just, I just it's, look at the timeline of, he was supposed to write that, that Wonder Woman story, right? Or he did write that Wonder Woman story that was in 750 that reintroduces the JSA. Mm. And that was supposed to be the continuity going forward for whatever was coming next. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, we know from previews and stuff that the JSA are in the next issue of, of Matt. Right. Uh, so we are dealing with that stuff in this book. Yeah, I, I feel like... I wouldn't necessarily say Generations was feeling wedged in more, because if anything, even if this was like still exactly as it was before, and I feel like this first issue has to be just given when it had to have been written and when things mm-hmm. changed is that it's more just that Generations was going to be a good way of explaining what the continuity is that is created at the end of mm-hmm. Mel. I, I think, for me, it feels like it's more streamlined now. Like, if yeah. this is the story, it makes Generations feel like it might have been a little bit redundant and just extra issues for the sake of it. Whereas now I've got it in the form of a story that well, presumably, relevant, pre- presumably it was going to set up whatever 5G was going to be as well, though. So they've had its own goal on top of expressing right, well, But yeah. that in its own right feels a little bit messy doing that at the same time as a crisis slash anti-crisis. Right. Well, I just remember when we were supposed to get that book, The the Forgotten History of the DCU. Oh, yeah, yeah that the, was uh, ages ago. Right, and that was going to be by John Ridley. Well, John Ridley's writing part of that, that Joker War one-shot. Because now I'm just thinking of this. Because we were talking about that, right? Yeah, so because we kind of heard that book was kind of dead again. Um, uh-huh. But the relationship clearly isn't dead between him right. and DC. If he's, right. if he's even if it's a significantly smaller project, he's still got I don't know five, ten pages in in so, a one shot. Right. So I'm I'm just saying because Connor's saying this feels more streamlined now. Now all these pieces are starting to fall in to me now, right? Where you know, like you just said, the relationship's not dead, just that book. And whatever it was, so which always a good sign, right? Like, yeah. so, but anyways, this is where it starts to get to the crisis. Yeah, because because we're a continuity wonk. 
I freaking love. We have this emotional beat between them, and given that Wonder Woman and Wally aren't exactly two characters, I mean, when I think of Wally having an emotional beat with other DC characters, even if you it's just not if, Diana. if you exclude, you know, the close family, which is Flash, you know, by that I mean Barry and Linda and the characters you mm-hmm. like, I you know, I think of him being with Dick. I think of him being maybe mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, a Kale or something. You know, you know, characters who were around his, his tenure, right? Um, yeah. I always think of him having his beats with, with Diana, so it was kind of a nice sweet yeah. mix. But then we get the, the, the double page kind of like Scott Steiner trying to work Perpetua into every crisis mm-hmm. <laughs> that's ever happened. And, so, you know, I, I don't, it. I don't hate it. Like it, it's not terrible. It seems, no, it's not bad. It seems to work in the fact that he set up Perpetua as, as this. <sighs> she tried to create her multiverse, and it got corrupted, and because of that corruption. It's led to all these crises because it's well, trying no, no, to no, fix no, no, itself. No, 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 uh, no. She intentionally made the multiverse this way. Yeah, uh, there so, are right. lots of beings like Perpetua who created their own multiverse. Yeah. So I'm going to try and let me try and summarize this, and then we can. If, if I get something wrong or whatever, yeah. we could pick it apart after. But the way I understood it is that there's lots of beings, whatever type of being Perpetua is. Mm-hmm. I think I don't even think God's the right term, but like whatever no, type of being beyond that Perpetua is. They all make multiverses, and as as Wally explains it, because he's been traveling around the multiverse, mm-hmm. multiverses even, um, is that there's basically two poles. You know, two. You know, if you think of like the North and South Pole, right? There's two poles of energy, and one is all the positive things. It's the 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 emotional spectrum, the speed force, hope, blah blah blah, all that stuff. The other right. side is doom and injustice and crisis energy, because <laughs> a crisis is an energy. Yeah, it's, now. it's kind of an account of matter and antimatter. Yeah. Right. right, right. It is so, an, an entropy, and that that state that you know stuff stuff will go into chaos. Right. So over time. So so what's basically this is is that Perpetua didn't make her multiverse out of the the because he calls it what the the connective. That's the good energy. The connective mm-hmm. is the good energy. She didn't make it out of that. She made her multiverse out of the crisis energy, and mm-hmm. the other beings of her kind basically imprisoned her in the source wall hoping apparently it's a punishment but mostly hoping that she would see her her multiverse grow and she would gain empathy and become a better being because of it that did not happen she was just angry and she was bitter and she held a grudge and essentially all these crises that have happened over time is basically because of the way the the multiverse was created it it all stems from how she started it and and it mentions that she would you know whisper out into the multiverse and you know mm. certain beings would kind of hear that and you know start crises because of what she, what they heard maybe not consciously but yeah more so just... on this page you see the anti-monitor you see superboy prime you see you know you see all the, yeah. the so, prime suspects is it just me or does the anti-monitor have bat ears is that just the perspective uh, it's just the perspective i think it's just okay. the perspective. yeah i saw that and it made me chuckle <laughs> so yeah, so the idea is that uh, now that she's in control and she's got the Batman who laughs to basically, because they point this out and I like this idea that the reason why they've not just killed the Justice League is that there has to be beings that remember all these crises so that the dark multiverse versions of these crises keep happening because that energy is what's been used to it's, fulfill everything. Right, it's the, the dark multiverses or the dark universes that are being born out of all their bad thoughts and whatnot, their memory is what's powering. Yeah, yeah. That man and, then, and this is where it ties it into rebirth as a whole, mm-hmm. and talks about how Manhattan is essentially made of connective energy. 
That's mm -hmm. what he his, all his power is. And at the end of Doomsday Clock, so it tries to tie in Doomsday Clock completely here, yep. which is at the end of Doomsday Clock, he tried to fix it, and he did his best, but it didn't have the intended effect. Right. Uh, and it leaves us in this place. So what's funny here is I don't even hate that Wally's got a Manhattan symbol on him. Like, I'm like, okay, now that's what we're doing with Wally now. Okay, we're making him this multiverse he's, being. Yeah, because he's full of the connective energy now. Yes. So, which is cool. So real quick, who's the character behind Darkseid? He looks so familiar, and I can't put my finger on it. Hmm. It's very vampire-y, isn't he? He looks like an yeah. uber vamp from the hit television show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Um, because I was like, that's not what Barbados look like. And then you see no. Barbados with the hood on, right down at the bottom. So I'm like, yeah, that that's metal. The the first yeah, metal there. Yeah, the, the the, whoever, yeah, whoever's behind Darkseid, that has to be Final Crisis. So it was in Final Crisis. <gasps> okay, that's why he's the anti monitor from the Crisis, the one that, that got corrupted and became an energy vampire. Okay, and was draining the worlds. Yeah, okay, that's it. Thanks, Pete. There you go. <laughs> uh. So no, um, yeah. So the, like, Diana wants to fix this. Uh, Batman who laughs shows up, of course, and is like, "No, I'm listening to you." It was and... a, a really meta line with Batman who laughs. I don't know if it was here or early on about, "Ah, oh, yeah, you, you think you're sick of me." It was earlier but, on, yeah, yeah that line. Yeah, in fact, yeah. he he's the one who drops the the, the phrase anti-crisis. If I if I have a problem with the dialogue here, it's the Batman who laughs pointing out that if you call the other crisis a direct crisis, you have ACDC. I'm like, okay, you are don't. That's something for the writers to tell us on Twitter as a joke, and it can be funny. Having the character say that in the book, I thought was a bit stupid. But I, I just heard funny coming from this particular deranged character. Yeah. yeah. If 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 like if like I don't know, Hal said this, I'd be like, okay. It seems like Hal's character to say a dumb metal joke, right? All I know is when he heard that, I immediately heard the first riffs of Thunderstruck. So that's just me, though. Uh, I'm more of a highway to hell man, but that's why. Uh, I mean, yeah, but so yeah, and uh, poor Swamp Thing's getting getting uh, beat up by uh, Bat T Rex, Batman. Bat Rex. There you go, come Bat Rex. Uh, <laughs> How just like them arms, bitch? Yeah, that was pretty funny. I'll I'll give you that. Uh, and then Batman who laughs, basically monologuing and about how Wonder Woman can't do this, and or even try to predict what she would do or what Bruce would do. Um, and he's like, oh, you'd already have a weapon. You already, you know, like, you know, uh, you've already got a shield to behind, so you'd make a weapon, you'd make a sword. And she's like, nah, not a sword. And then you <laughs> see her revving something invisible, right? Because it was just a string. Yep. You, you see the pull cord. We know it was made from the yeah. invisible jet. Uh, so the full page spread that comes next is Batman who last being impaled with an invisible chainsaw. So you can see Wonder Woman holding where the, you know, the handle and that would be. Mm-hmm. But you just see the, the 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 light where it's going through the Batman who laughs, and I will say this is kind of ballsy. I kind of like this is that Snyder, for some of his faults and his exposition and other things, I think he clearly understood that there was a very large portion of the audience who is sick to death of the Batman who laughs because he's been overexposed since Mel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that was clear in the the earlier dialogue that I mentioned. It was it was, well, yeah, it was like, oh, yeah, you're still here for it, um, yeah. but he was aware of the problem. But that was that yeah, but that that felt more hollow because it was like, okay, you're acknowledging it, but I'm still having to read the asshole. Like you're still here. Like you can acknowledge I it all you for, want. For me, that was an acknowledgement that some people feel like that, but maybe the majority, maybe we're in the minority of being kind of sick of it. Maybe the majority is like, well, it still sells, so clearly you care. 
Yeah, but that, that comes across as arrogant to me, so it's, it makes it unlikable. It makes me annoyed at that 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 meta line, uh, okay. if you want to put it like that. Uh, this here at the end was a statement. It was a statement of two things. It was one, no, the Batman who laughs is done. I created him, I'm finishing him. He's gone. And two, it means, oh, we're not just going to be dealing with this asshole for the next six issues. Good. Yep. Fantastic news. And on top yeah. of that, yep, yep. it made for a great page. So, the weapon reveal was great. Exciting. Yeah, so I, I read this on Tuesday, and it did make a thing, but for whatever reason, I thought she made the chainsaw out of the Lasso of Truth. Is that something that was on that page? Uh, or, no, I don't think so. I, I know why you're thinking that. I think you're thinking that yeah. because when, when it was originally announced that she was going to have a chainsaw, uh-huh. way back when we first heard about Metal, Snyder right. called it the Chainsaw of Truth. It says that on the very next page. Yeah, it says on the very next page. Yeah, yeah, but that's been in your head for so long that that's probably why you were thinking. Then I just went and looked over it and I was like, it's not on this page. Because that's a pretty great thing that she's using the truth to cut down Batman Who Laughs. Like, I do like that concept. So, uh, but yeah, no, that that part I actually was like, oh man, okay, this is not at all what I thought it was. And good. I mean, they're I'm making happy. this a Wonder Woman centric story, and they make it again. There's a very meta line. There's almost too many meta lines in this, where she's like, "This is not a Batman mm-hmm. story. This is my story." Like, yep. yeah, maybe a bit too on the nose, but uh, obviously, I appreciate it. Though I appreciate the fact that that's what it is, and the fact that it might be like a Wonder Woman and maybe secondary Wally West. <laughs> like, yeah, you know? I mean, Snyder always told us it was a Wonder Woman story first. Yeah, I mean, it's still a. DC Universe event, but she was always going to be the the linchpin character. But obviously, he couldn't tell us about Wally West. Yeah, um, obviously, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, don't you know. He might be not like a the second player. He may still just be you know a supporting cast member, and that's fine. But like, but he's there. Yeah, it well, feels he's, important. I do feel like this has become a escort mission, and now she's just got to keep Wally alive because he's he's the energy source they're going to need to undo all this. Mm. You know what I mean? So, now, uh, honestly, super excited. When you see her revving the chainsaw, you get excited for the next page. I mean, dare I say, it feels metal. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I cannot complain. The, I, the, I think the book no won matter, me over. No matter your opinion by the end of this book, you know, good or bad, whoever, whoever you are, you know, peace your city like that, that's great. But if you did, there would be no denying that this book uh, lives up to the promise of being metal, for good or for bad. I mean, yeah. no, Snyder's so hit and miss with me. Uh, and Mel, one, I like quite a bit, but I did have problems with it, especially in the middle. It kind of sagged and exposition and blah, all that other stuff. You can go back and listen to everything I said. Uh, but, so, I, you know, I got into this. I was like, I was somewhat excited, but, like, you know, it, it was trepidation. And then mm-hmm. I feel like the first half was fine, but not necessarily blown me away. And then the second half, the conversation with Wally, the multiverse stuff, the anti-crisis stuff, the chainsaw itself, all that stuff won me over. Got a couple of pages to go. There's another couple of pages yeah. to go. We have uh, the other Batman uh, and some of the yeah, Robins. It's, it's the mage one. Comes yeah. Out, right? yeah, they've got a button which is like the Watchman button, but it's a you know it's a sad face. A not face. A, yeah, it's yeah. not a smiley face. It's a sad face. And they press this button and it opens a door revealing some mysterious. I mean, they they say final Bruce Wayne in the the, the speech bubble, but uh, the figure has a Doctor Manhattan symbol on his head. And you know he's he's blue as well not just a symbol he has blue skin so i don't think that's just the light i know there's a blue light behind him but you can see his arm at the front that looks blue maybe that's a coloring mistake it's possible um but he certainly seems blue um he does look it looks like he has hair though which is not manhattan-esque no that's true 
Looks I'm like fascinated. Her. Yeah. Uh, so is this a Bruce Wayne that's also Manhattan from another universe? Like, what's, what's right. going? Loki hate that. Wally West versus Bruce Wayne. Batman as Doctor Manhattan. No, Matt's going to love this. That is the final culmination of the Bat God. Yeah, it it's literally the Bat God, and I hate the Bat God. If if the Bat God is the enemy, yeah, maybe maybe you end up. I just became the Kombucha Girl meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I missed this on the first read through because um, I read this as I was waiting on the side of my uh, the road because my truck died. And I was like, "Well, I might as well read metal right now." Um, okay. Yeah, right. I missed the the, the damage called uh, called the Robins Groblins, mm-hmm. which <laughs> a, a smash together of goblins and robins. Yeah. Um, like I kind of love it. Yeah, and then obviously the wraparound is. Uh, Sergeant Rock at the start of the book is just like going to battle and he's talking about eating hamburgers or something. I don't know, he's, he's doing ura yeah, speeches. I actually love that first page because you have Sergeant Rock monologuing and you're like, okay, it's Sergeant Rock and then he pulls out a very futuristic looking gun and you're like, yep. oh, okay then. Yeah, it, it, it looks not dissimilar to the guns from uh, Aliens, the Colonial Marines use. Yeah. It looks similar to that in terms of aesthetic. Uh, but Batman shows up here um, and basically says, like, uh, you know, like, the fight's coming. Like, we have to go now. And it seems that Batman is coll- going around collecting people. Which, by the way, Sergeant Rock's missing half of his body. <laughs> half Just, his body? Yeah. He's bones from, from the, the chest down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Batman says, you know, one last fight. Everyone together. Together being boldies. Um, so I don't know if this is later in the timeline. And this is Batman who's come around to, like, you know, to, to Wonder Woman's, like, let's actually do it. Let's actually fight and bring everything back. Uh, I, I get the impression this is late on the timeline because the Batman who's in the, the the main portion of the book feels a bit more jaded and hopeless. Mm-hmm. Um, than this, I don't know. This feels more hopeful and like, yeah, we can get everyone together and and take make one last stand, kind of thing. Yeah, I know. Um, Snyder's talked about how, like, you know, the the, the first Mel, like they they think, oh, we we kind of gave some characters. Not new longevity, but more. Yeah, you know, we we put a spotlight on some smaller characters that maybe people weren't as familiar mm-hmm. with, and he wants to do that this time around again. So you know, he mentioned Sergeant Rock and Jonah Hex. He wants them to, you know, have enough of a part in this that people are like, "Oh, I could go for a new book from them because it's been a while." Yeah, um, I also am reading that as a, as a bit meta too, because those are two non superheroes that had pretty good runs, right? Yeah. I so, think he's so almost missed, like they're uh, Wally West in that as well, in the sense that it's been a while since we've had a proper Wally West book that people really wanted to read. Yes. Um, but, but my point, my point was before you brought up Wally West, though, is that these are ones that are kind of outside of crises, right? Like Sergeant Rock's never really been a main through that, or Jonah Hex. It's always our superheroes, you know, throughout the time. So you have these more pulpy style heroes showing up here in the first one. And I feel that's not by accident. It's like a meta take to in, in comics. Like you guys were saying about, maybe we'll get a Sergeant Rock book coming out of this, or even more Jonah Hex. Yeah, yeah. and it might not necessarily be a spin-off book. Um, mm. It might not be like, you know, this version of Sandra, but more just, okay, I mean, Sergeant Rock's in this, and it's it's putting back in people's if, minds that maybe if they launch one now, people will be more open to reading it. Even if it was a quarterly black label book, like weird, weird Western tales or, you know, all-star Western, 
type or even you know war stories with with them i think that'd be cool that'd be yeah nice. i see like a quarterly ten dollar anthology sort of thing with mm-hmm. you know you do sergeant rock all star western black Hawks. yeah stuff like that i think it would be cool really really cool because um, yeah, you mentioned, it, you know, in, in terms of the characters from the first one, like the Hawks, for example, mm-hmm. where there'd not been any Hawk content for a while, and now we've got an ongoing Hawk book that's been going for two years. And it's low-key my favorite thing DC's put now. So like, good. Talk about more about um, Well, and also he did put Kendra Saunders back up on the forefront. And, and through that, we now have that Hawkman book where they're not tied together like they were. We, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later today. But we get we get Hawk, we got Carter and Shaira back as part of that. And that, that all came through metal. Yeah. You know? That was he kind of said that, that was part of his intention with mm-hmm. some of the other side characters that he's throwing yeah. in here is maybe not all of them, but maybe some of them right. will get that feeling of, oh well, we could try and, another book with them now and maybe it'll be a bit more popular because and, they've just appeared in a big event. And it's always those lower tier characters that I why I love DC. You know, it's I love the booster golds and the Ted cords and the, so anytime you can give them some prominence in a story like this, I, I like that. So, so hopefully we can get some of that going forward with some of these small characters, even Lobo, who I'm the character I'm not that big on, but he's fun when he's used in spots like this. So like, what's he up to on that bone planet? Yeah. Who's talking to him? Right. And I, I like that. Even though Lobo's kind of a bigger character, right? We, he's, he's had his own solo book for, yeah, on and not off, recently, but, though. I mean, not no. in the last few years. And also, if you're going to have a book of metal, where is Lobo in that? Like, you've got to feature him. He He's a biker. He, he definitely doesn't feel out of place. No. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's, the, that's, that's the first issue of Death Metal. Um, honestly, no, I'm pleasantly surprised. I feel mm-hmm. like I, uh, you know, once it got to the meat of what it was doing, which was the Wild West stuff, the Anti-Crisis multiverse, uh, and then the actual moment with the chainsaw, all that stuff I thought was really good. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and it kind of like, you know, and obviously even Batman with the Black Lantern ring was a pretty cool moment. And I think yeah. I was definitely feeling early on, okay, we're doing an alternate world, all the heroes are here, like how many times have we seen this in comic books because they do it all the time. But once I actually started getting to the, like the reasons why I should care about what's going on, the reasons why I should care about why they're doing what they're doing and really root for them in the fight, uh, once it got to that point, I was into it. Just uh, worth noting on the oh, you know, this is the the ultimate world. We've seen it before, which yes, we have. I kind of care a little bit more inherently, or, or don't mind it as much inherently this time because, okay, if this is the one that's going to be the crisis that's going to be resetting things on a reasonable scale, um, it doesn't feel as cheap as just doing it for a six issue arc. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like it'll have consequences. Oh, sure. But, I mean, it doesn't really matter, like, what the reasons are. It's, the point is, is that it's just a trope that we've seen done a million times. Oh, it is. I, I mean, more like, you know, this 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 is more akin to, like, Flashpoint, right? As opposed to random story in Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, they, they, they do it too, too often, though. Because yeah, there's definite beats to it where you're sort of, like, discovering, okay, what's the world like? And, like, you know, which character's going to show up and what, which role? But, because they've always spread do, out do doing different I things. Do you know on this recently? What? It's Emperor Joker. Oh yeah, Emperor Joker didn't help. But there's definitely because even something like uh like I've never actually read X-Men Apocalypse, right? But I was reading whatever X-Men book was called. Age of Apocalypse. Or Age of Apocalypse, yeah. But whatever book uh 
when we were reading some X-Men stuff, I, I think it was like a 16-issue arc in the main X-Men title. It was, it was, it went weekly for a while. It was Age of X-Men or something like that. But it was doing yeah. like apocalypse adjacent stuff where we were getting the apocalypse again. Uh, oh, that was back, that was what we were doing previously. Yeah. Trying that elsewhere. Elsewhere uh, with X Men yeah. uh, and everything that I didn't like either. It's like uh, yeah, they all had like both companies have these big examples of these just like and I'm like Can we just take good 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 stories. Not everything has to be alternate versions of well, everything. And that's why I can get that it scratched with something like the Booster Gold book where you get to go to different mm. time periods and the what's ifs. And then uh, on top of that, the, at Marvel, you had Exiles. We had that group, you know, and it was built in. If they failed, they ceased to exist or whatever. So there was that. And I always felt that was fun because you got that in small doses. Like the, the DCU didn't revolve around that Booster Gold book. Yeah, but I want to make it clear, though, because I feel like I've had to justify what I was saying about that to explain it, and explaining it's making me sound really negative, when the point I'm trying to make is that I didn't really care once I actually got to the meat of it. Once I actually got to why I care, I was I was into it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, right, well, I'm really excited now for, for the rest of the season, yeah. especially September when we get, you know, like almost like weekly, even though it's not the, the main book, we'll have like weekly yeah. stories from this world. I'm kind of excited for that. Uh, I'm dreading about issue four-ish. Because that's usually when the exposition dump issue happens from Snyder, so I'm expecting <laughs> to hate be, one of them in the middle. It'll either be right before or right after the break. Yeah, so not looking forward to that specific one, but otherwise, yes, it's looking hopeful. Uh, Matt, what do you give a death metal issue one? I'm gonna give it a solid eight. Connor, uh, eight point five for me. Mm, I'm eight point five as well. That somehow I am rating the higher than Matt. I did not see that coming, but. I, uh, the ratings are BS. I hate them. <laughs> oh, God. I wonder if, if I'd gone first and said 8.5, Jack and Matt would have followed and just gone 8.5 or even 9 instead yeah. of going in at 8. Because no, yeah, I, I liked it a lot, but now it makes it seem like well, I liked it less. That's, this is why I like to make Matt go first, is because he has to, like, he can't be influenced by our scores. He has to just go. And this is why everything's a 7 and above most of the time. Strange Adventures issue 2, Tom King rating, of course, with Mitch Gerrards on the art, and it has been and, so and long. And Doc Strainer. And Doc Strainer, sorry, Shana. of course. Uh, you can blame... I don't know if it was Comixology or Leo Comics, wherever I got the information from. They, they, they neglected to mention the other one. I wasn't hey, thinking Mom. about it. Yeah, but you should know. I shouldn't know, but I wasn't, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thinking about it, alright? Uh, so, this one, like... Obviously, I loved issue one. I was looking forward to issue two. Mm -hmm. And as I started reading this issue, I'm like, oh God. Just, I, had to, I had to sort of stop. Just, I had to sit down and like, right, just think about issue one. What happened in issue one? What was the, yeah, what was, yeah. what was the gist of it? Well, <laughs> it was that, and this is so different in theme mm -hmm. to issue one because this is the Mr. Terrific introduction. Yeah, um, because obviously issue one, it had two stories. It had the, the present mm -hmm. day stuff, you know, after the book writing and the murder right. accusation. And then the flashback stuff was the during the war on, on Ran. This issue does the same thing, but the present day stuff is all Mr. Terrific. It's all Mr. Terrific's perspective. Um, they did confirm that's kind of how it's going to break down from here on out, is that the uh, all the, the stories from the, the book are Doc Shana's stuff. And all right. the investigation is the way they're phrasing it, will be um, Gerard's. Well, that's so not a surprise. Be... Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. We so expected it'll... that anyway, based on issue one, I think. Oh, I think there was um, a point of we're not uh, not sure exactly how it broke up, but that is how it's going to be for the entire. Right, book. We didn't know exactly how Mr. Terrific was going to fit in when it was announced because that was kind of the secret. 
he was a secret second character, so or second star. Yeah, and um, of the book. I think it's it's interesting that the, all the team are referring to him as the third character. It's it's a it's a three character book according to all of them, be, being you know Strange, horrific, and uh, Alana Strange as well. Uh, now, is Alana, the third character. Because I was getting vibes reading this that Alana's not everything that we think, and it it made me think about some of the stuff because I went back and. In in the time that we weren't getting weekly comics, I went back and read Strange, uh, the Adam Strange Planet Heist, and Alana's completely different in there. You know, like she is this. Not that she's a damsel, but that's how it's played throughout. You see that she's a strong character, and here, looking over some of what you read in the the Shainer portions, and thinking back to that first issue of the Garrett's book, she seems off. She seems like there's something more to her. Like manipulative, almost. Um, yeah, the, the, it's not adding up, and I think that's a great aspect here, right? Uh, sure. Um, I didn't really notice that, to be honest, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Mister Terrific, he, uh, you know, it's, it's basically it's all set before he met, because obviously issue one ended with him meeting uh, mm-hmm. Adam and Alana. And it all builds up to kind of the same point. And it's basically the Batman's messaged him saying, hey, do you want to look into this case? And he talks to Batman a couple of times over his T-spheres. There's this running thing, though, where his T-spheres are asking him, like, various history mm-hmm. questions. Uh, sometimes... Some of them are history, some of them like, trivia, Man. some of them yeah. are, like, equations. Yeah, and he's just he's getting Which... them all right, because he's the smartest dude on the planet, basically. Third smartest. Third smartest, sorry. Yeah, that's me. canon. Which, just make him the smartest. Like, I want Mr. Terrific... That's fine. Like he can be the smartest man. Let, let that be oh. his thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I, I wasn't. Smartest is always a fun little thing because you're yeah. like, who's one to do? Yeah, I wasn't you know? being like, that specific. I was just sort of. No, no, I know. Say he's I, that smart. I, I had to flex my muscle there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, like yeah. how some of them that they ask are like they're just quotations from things, and he has to say yeah. what it's from. Which I will. I, I'm not gonna lie. It started to annoy me at a certain point because I didn't know where it was going. Like, why are these random facts? popping up and then once you look at it at what it leads to with him accepting you know batman saying that there's things in the book that aren't adding up to real life um that, that he knows about adam strange uh that you're like okay what do all of these things mean in order you know of that story the one that stuck out to me was the one about chess about the gambit, about you had to sacrifice the queen to win. Yeah, that was one stuck out. This, this this amateur had done in a chess tournament, and I, I every other person. I don't know if every single one is going to somehow be relatable to what's actually going on. No. but I feel I feel like some of them have some thematic yeah, well, and, links. And, yeah. So so in that one is the amateur sacrificed the queen, and every chess expert was like aghast by it, but it ended up leading to him winning. But there's, 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 more intri- there's more intrigues to the mystery when we get to that. And let's work through kind of what actually goes on here. Right. Uh, so the stuff on Ran is Alan. I don't. I was gonna say Alan. Adam returns uh, to Alana, and uh, so it's this beautiful page where they, they sort of you know touch hands and they, stars they time, behind them. Yeah, because they time the Zeta beam, um, which is another thing I learned from from Planet Iced is they used to be timed that the Zeta beam stuff, and that's why he couldn't come and go as he pleased. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Get, That's yeah, been a long run thing. Right. Um, so uh, her timing him coming back and talking with the daughter, you know, 
uh, that was all a real nice touch. And like Pete said, it, it looks super, super nice over the stars. And it's this really beautiful moment uh, of them, them hugging and embracing. And he keeps going back to a uh, terrific talk, you know, talking to Batman about, you know, why he's even asking me to do this. Like, you know, and, like, why not do this? But Batman's like, well, because he's one of us. He's a hero. He's a superhero or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got, like, Batman just taking down, like, Pig in the background. Which is these things. Garrett's yeah. Pig. Fantastic. Garrett loves throwing Pig, doesn't he? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Um, uh, That's actually much later, though, is it not? It's it's all part. Yeah, I think it's all part of this. Though. It's, I'm just being in terms of him asking oh, sure, Batman yeah. why. It, it, that's part right. of it. Yeah, because uh, uh, because there's stuff with uh, setting up the actual Ran stuff before we get there. Because Ran, uh, they're at the end of their their wits here with the war that's going on, and basically Adam and Alana take this this mission to go find this uh, particular tribe of people who aren't necessarily friendly with the with the regime, but uh, they might be needed in fighting this other uh, like group. Yeah, the picks. So the the picks are the ones that they're actually actively fighting. Yes, uh, those are the ones we saw in the first issue. Last issue, yeah. 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 And it's uh, the, the Hello Tap in this issue. Yes. Are the new ones. They're off to fight the Hello Tap, but it's quite a journey. Uh, they leave the kid, the daughter, with thought, uh, uh, her father. It was really noble, the, the costume change. It was very much, um, you know, like Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. Yeah. Like, uh, I saw someone call sure. it uh, Adam of Strange Arabia, and I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like the, the idea here being very clear of the, the implication of the you know, occupation and the, the imperialism and, you know, and the the, the yeah, I couldn't... tribes it's it's a clear illusion here well and i'm and i'm looking back to to king's experiences with the cia and like how much of this is how the us or any other force that comes in looks to play up the differences between yeah. the 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 residents there um you know cuz cuz again like the stuff that went on in iraq and they're still dealing with that stuff now you know, we don't know. No, we never do. And so, and just, just the way that even Adam gets there is like the, it's a long journey, even on jetpacks. Right. And, uh, they end up, something happened to Alana's or it, it runs out and he has to leave her behind and he goes on it. Um, Notably, she actually, or he was willing to sort of give give him hers, or both of them go on there and say, no, we can't risk it malfunctioning because it's taking too much weight, and mm-hmm. your jetpack's suited to you, so me taking it would just potentially compromise the mission. Right. So you have to do this, you'll come back and you'll save me, but you can go. That's why I mentioned before I move on, though, uh, at the couple of pages where Terrific's talking to Batman again, and this is where you do actually see him fighting Pig, uh, the art... I mean, you mentioned the pig stuff. I actually think even more beautiful than that is terrific running in the snow with the city behind him. Uh, oh, it's it's all gorgeous. I just I, I just I mentioned pig because Garrett clearly has a thing for drawing Professor yeah. Pig, and uh, yeah, from behind. Just, when it comes to atmosphere, though, I just I like mean, in the snow, the, the 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 blue neon lighting of the. I like the how city. these T spheres kind of line up with the like kind of blending with the snow. The colors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of the the Mr. Terrific stuff with him doing all of these seemingly like normal things. And then you look just a little bit closer and they're not normal because he's not a normal human. You know what I mean? Like he's, he is, he's almost Batman plus in that way, you know? Um, and, and yeah, just cause it was the weight lifting page where you look and it's like, it looks just a regular workout, but he's got three plates on each side. Like that's not a regular person's workout. 
So I, I just I like that, and Garrett's does it. It looks so normal, but there's always that extra layer there. But it's yeah, for him, it, it it is normal, and that's what mm -hmm. makes it impressive. Is is by it's mundane. That's that's the word that I'm looking for. It makes all these acts that are like superhuman. They just seem so mundane to Mister Terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So as you were, Pete. Yeah. So, um. Adam ends up, his jetpack goes anyway and he crashes and it becomes this journey. He has to kill this big weird uh, turtle monster Beast. thing <laughs> to drink its blood. Um, as, as, you know, we're cutting back and forth and Terrific still still deciding. Um, and, he, he, you know, Terrific it tells the story of the Green Knight, which is funny because it just it re it reminded me there's a movie that was supposed to be coming out in May. Which I am distraught that movie isn't out yet. I, I was like, please <laughs> put it on home release because it was easily my most anticipated movie of the year. Right, so I wasn't familiar. Like I, I've heard the story of Gawain and the or Gawain, however you pronounce it, in the Green Knight. Gawain, yeah. I did not realize this is what the actual story was. Yeah. It's and then I was like, story. "Damn, now I want to see this movie too." <laughs> like the um the original story. It's pretty short, Matt. Um, it's worth mm -hmm. checking out. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah. Um. So he he yeah he talks about this this uh, but, but ultimately the point being is that technically. You know, Gawain kind of wins, but he doesn't actually get to keep his honor, right? That's ultimately the he keeps right most of his honor. Yeah, had had he kept his honor, he would have came out unscathed. But the fact that he he didn't, you know, he he threw away his honor to win, and ultimately that's what leaves the biggest scar. And it's even though it's a small a small uh, you know cut. That's the the key point here is is he you know there's two infractions that he does you know fess up to essentially, and there's just one that he doesn't, and it's so it's it's that he's mostly a good person, except mm -hmm. when his life was on the line. Yeah, and there's obviously he, he kind of he caved. That's obviously relates to Adam Strange. Obviously, it's whatever he's not putting in his book. It relates to whatever the secrets that he's hiding are, uh, and you know we see him kind of like, and obviously the story we're getting in the flashbacks is the story that's going to reveal eventually. Whatever the secret is, whatever the shame is, I, I can't wait till the final few issues, where we have panel by panel back and forth between Gerards and Shayna of the story version mm. and the real version next to it. Uh, and it's gonna make me not like Adam Strange, and I love Adam Strange, but I don't even know where this is going. <laughs> it's yeah. basically gonna be your heroes are still human, no matter what, and and Adam's not such a great guy. I hope it doesn't go that. Well, this is the thing. I is hope that, I'm, I'm being cynical. Is it terrific when he when he's about to make the choice to like do, take the job? He he flat out tells Batman he raised that his daughter is dead. She is not, and I doubt that is the only lie. That that is something yeah. that for us as readers, up until this page, we never call into question that the fact that his daughter, mm -hmm. you know, like we we take that. Why, why would that be a lie? Mm -hmm. So the fact that terrific yeah. looks at that and says, "No, this is obviously a lie." It's intriguing. It's like, well, wait, what? Like, why is that a lie? <laughs> I wonder how much of it is because it, it, the way it reveals it to us, the the panel is the the foreword, like that that little note. Mm. You know, it says, "Yeah, for my daughter, whom I lost in the war." I wonder if, um, it, you know, it, it's there's an implication that that she's dead, but he never actually says it in the book, and maybe lost means something else something else oh, a double. How, oh how, do, how do you know it doesn't say it in the actual book though in the actual text no i don't i i don't i said yeah. if no. yeah. i said if he doesn't say that i wonder if that's the case because i i thought that too is that maybe that he has to sacrifice who he was and that's like the the thing of losing his daughter 
Because I'm pretty sure in issue one, like, they talk about his daughter being dead, so he clearly, even if he doesn't say it in the book, he definitely says it. You know, he talks about... He goes along with the story. He doesn't, he doesn't correct them at the very least. You know yeah. what? I'm going to have to dig this out now and reread the first issue. <laughs> yeah. Look because, for the hints. But no, because that's what... I, the, the part of the first issue that really sticks out to me, besides the Shaner and Garrett's dueling art, is, is the part with Alana dealing with the stuff, almost like she's his publicist, or she's like, I'll handle all of this. You know, and that's what I start looking at this and her jetpack, right? It, it that's the one that malfunctions, and then that's what leads him to go by himself, and that he's being forced upon Ran as the hero. Like he's taking their mission as his own, and then that going with what Alana did in the last one that I remember. Um, it's just stuff's not adding up, and it, it's really expertly in that way, you know. Um, Almost in, in a Fincher kind of way, where you start noticing the the little parts, like in a David Fincher movie, that aren't adding up, and you're like, "Well, wait," and then it's all going to be revealed later. It's, like it's I'm this of, issue, of Gone where, Girl. Oh yeah, it is this issue where it really feels different to Mister Miracle, though, for me. Like where right. the first issue felt not the same, but the the style was very similar because it's Tom King right. doing his twelve issue series, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. It's this one here where it's like, no, 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 this is a detective story that that mm-hmm. we're actually telling, whereas Mister Miracle wasn't. Um, no, that was first... a, that was a thing on, I would say on, on parenthood and, and depression and yeah. how you deal with that being a human being. And this no is, sure we'll get some of that, and there might be diatribes on imperialism. Oh, and yeah, I mean, I feel like it's but... core. It's about secrets and regret, and it's about right. Yeah, but it's going to be in the trappings of a. Yeah, borderline detective traditional story. detective story, uh, which yeah. obviously Mr. Miracle was not. Um, but I'm, I'm in for this because hey, good detective stories are kind of some of the backbones of comics, right? Right, yeah. I mean, well, that's where DC gets its name. I right? mean, that's a color straightforward just because the way King tells his stories, just the, the structure of this issue and the way it kind of even reveals that that's what the story is, is un- unconventional yeah. even to, to begin with. So, I, I mean, uh, I, I think as a traditional, not straightforward, although maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I mean, in, in the sense of the, okay, well, traditional, the, even in that sense, though, is what I mean as well. In, yeah, not, not in the, the structure or the format, but more in the, the feeling, the way it unravels the clues, and you kind of go, wait, something's not adding up, and it, it wants you to put these pieces together. And I, I think what, what's so effective about this though is that the piece that it tells us is wrong wasn't obvious to us. To us, we had right. no, we we I, suspected there was going to be more to the story that it wasn't in the book that there was going to be a reveal, but we didn't expect that the 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 biggest thing at the forefront was a lie. I think well, something important as well is Batman didn't know either. Yeah, right. that was. His I, I want to like, know. What, how, like, how do you know? And so, this is something so you know, subtle and hidden in there that even Batman didn't notice it. Well, and also, doesn't he say that, uh, doesn't Holt say he's read the book m- numerous times by this point? By the, by the time he decides to accept it, mm-hmm. he talks about he's, he's read it numerous times and stuff. So again, I want to know how he's he's piecing it together. And I'm, I'm here for that part of the ride. Yeah. And, you know, because just because Strange has lied about that, again, it doesn't mean he's lying about the death of, of that guy. You know, but it, it doesn't make it. Any it murkies his story. It, it calls into right. question his uh, his reputation. It, it's mm-hmm. okay if he can lie about something like this. What else can he lie about? And the, uh, actually, there's maybe a question here as well. The story we're seeing play out in the flashback is that what happened, or is that what's in his book? That's that's what's in the book. That's um, right. that's what. The, that, the, well, the, that's the, what we're. Saying. 
But that's what we're taking it as right now. Maybe, well, maybe that's what we'll find out. Uh, I, you know what I mean? I say that because you know Garrett did say quite publicly on Twitter, you know, the the Shana stuff is what's in the book. Um, so all that stuff that we're seeing in the past that Shana's right. drawing, oh. they're at least uh, not just implying that to us in the story, but they are actively telling us that now. So then that tells me, at a certain point, we're going to get Shana drawing real world things on Earth, and then we're going to get Garrett's drawing what really happened on Rand. Uh, I know some of the stuff on Rand comes in in issue four for Garrett's. Mm -hmm. So. so. Yeah. Which again, I like. Well, well that's that a good technique. Is it means realistically? We'll, yeah. know, we'll know when it's the truth. If there, if there, I mean, some of the stuff we're seeing might be the truth anyway, but it's obviously sugar coated. It's obviously missing. Right, because missing everyone things. becomes yeah. When when you write a book of what happens, or when you tell a story, you always exaggerate a little bit, right? It's, it's filtered it, through your it, own. It's this exciting thing where you've seen like TV shows and movies do it, but they'll have like a a narrative technique where they'll. Like flashbacks, maybe let's say. I mean, I don't have a specific example. Let's say flashbacks are in black or black and white, right? And there's a right. certain character that you only ever see in the flashbacks. But the second you see them in a color bit of footage, you're like, "Oh shit!" Like they're here now. Yeah, like, it has an impact. Well, it's, it's memento, sure. right? Well, because memento, memento is about his perspective too. I say, I get where Mark's coming from. I guess kind of. It's not exactly what I was getting at, but yeah, I guess kind of. But this is why I was saying I was really excited for when we get the inevitable point of seeing Shayna's version of a panel of as right. the story, and then Gerard showing us the real version uh, mm -hmm. of, of what actually happened. Uh, that I'm really looking forward to, and just seeing those panels side by side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so terrific sort of, before we had the final page where he actually comes and we get the sort of the, the, the repeat of the final moment of the first issue, is he takes uh, like some nanotech, <laughs> uh, he puts it in his mouth, and he asks the, the T-Sphere to ask him a question he doesn't know the answer to. And it calculates for a bit, and then asks him, what was the sex of your unborn child uh, who died Who died with your wife? And that's the question that he can't answer. That's what he doesn't right, know. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's brutal. And I was like... Oh, okay. Thanks, King, for reminding well, me that you, you're you super there, dark. There's a line early on when he's first talking to Batman about, well, you know, did you manipulate me? Did you ask me to take this job because of what happened with my wife? Because of my history? Mm -hmm. Is that why I've been picked? And Batman kind of kind of tries to sidestep the question, but the implication might be that, no, he is actually probably suited to this in some way because of that. Uh, because of where his empathies will lie, because of his experiences. On top of the fact that he's the third smartest man on the planet, and, and so on. Um... You know, I mean, I think Batman says, "Oh, it's because it's fair play. <laughs> we want us to be fair, and you're Mister Fair Play." So, yeah. and he calls him a, a manipulative dick. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, terrific knows what he's doing. Obviously, he's he's well aware of Batman and how he thinks and what his games are. But I, I, it's going to be an interesting tactic. Like you know, like when terrific finds out what really happened, is it something that he sympathizes with and ultimately recommends to Batman that there's nothing to. Uh, uh, I don't know if Batman's looking to punish Adam if he did do something wrong, but the idea of just, like, no, he's he's in the clear, you know, like, he has past issues, but nothing that, like, we have yeah. to actually, like, crucify him for. Like, I don't know, like, I, I'm wondering if, like, there's going to be, like, an element of, like, sympathy and understanding to, to whatever it is that Adam did. But then again, the fact that we are speculating that Adam Strange's daughter is not dead and that either 
he lost her because his daughter was taken or because he gave up his daughter for some reason imagine for a second that adam chose to give up his daughter for some and hurt in some hard decision the idea that mr terrific someone who lost a child with no choice uh right. how does he react to a character who gave away their child potentially so there's, there's things to play with there if that's where it's going to go it may not it may you oh know. yeah that also a... plays into mr miracle oh, yeah, uh, yeah definitely there's yeah. uh, there's just one page we didn't talk about that I, I do want to mention. Uh-huh. And um this is uh terrific. He's out on the ice. He's got the the weight that he's gonna throw under under the ice and he's gonna swim down right. and get it. But that speech he gives before, um you know, how you know how they they love Adam. You know, you know, he's he's cool, you know, whatever, and you know, he's got mm-hmm. his, his jet pack and you know, he, you know, he he they put him on kids' lunch boxes. And then he's, he he talks about how you know they they never loved him even when he was winning gold medals for for the country reinventing tech and saving the world it it didn't matter it, 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 none of that ever mattered to to the yeah. people for him and and you know the uh, the the obvious you know the the, the race implications are you know are yep. really stark here and it's the it's the mm. most apparent they are in the book um, where he kind of just draws attention to it and you know I, I think drawing attention to that here and his introduction issue essentially obviously we we got the the, the reveal of him at the end of the issue last time but this was his introduction of of like, yeah. you know wh- you know what type of version of a character that he is and what he's going to be doing how he thinks, all that sort of stuff. I think raising that in his introduction says that it's always, maybe not going to be at the forefront, but there's going to be that subtext there throughout, you know, whenever he does find out to some extent what Adam did on Ran to end the war, uh, I wonder if his reaction to it, how Mr. Terrific views what he did in order to end it's, that war. It's kind of why I bring up the, the imperialism aspect yeah. as well, feels mm-hmm. kind of rooted in these themes. Yeah, you know, did Adam essentially, you know, keep the awful people in charge that were doing a lot of bad things right. and because it's easier that? for yeah, it's easier for him because he yeah. knows who he's dealing with you know and um so i also wanted to bring up about what mr Triffick says in heroes in crisis because i thought it would have been you know uh, you know like almost like a hint of what's going to happen here and it's really not but it is about him being the third smartest so i thought that was pretty interesting that this is something that that King's been thinking about at least since Heroes in Crisis with Mr. Terrific. Because he talks about when you lap the field in a race for a while, you look like you're behind. So it seems that people from the outside, uh, you're in, let's say, third place, when in fact mm. you're just biding your time until you lap them again. And that's the only thing I can find from is, him is, in, in Heroes in Crisis. Is the implication there being that he's not the third smartest? He's actually the smartest, and the he's fir- the smartest by that much that it looks like he's, he's behind the third. It. Yeah. Right. And then that also with what we just brought up about him, about the racial implications and stuff too. Um, yeah. Uh, we should also know. mention that Adam does get to the alien uh, tribe that he's looking for, uh, and they look kind of reptilian with mohawks. I just thought that was cool. It's yeah. a great design. I'm into them. <laughs> right. Uh, and he kind of shows up and, and tells them what's going to happen. Also, right? there's a bit of an Ninja Turtles thing going on here where they all have different colors on and they have different like headbands. And they don't match their colors, but I was getting kind of almost like a... Like the one on the left was definitely giving me kind of like skinny Raphael <laughs> kind of a vibe. Kind of. I can see that. <laughs> Michelangelo on the, on the right. I, I mean, it's probably not intentional, but it made me think of I, uh, it. I like how this story ends uh, with the, the stalemate and then both pointing the gun at each other. Uh, mm-hmm. right in their faces and that's the end that we get of the 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 book story for this issue yeah uh yeah the final page is them shaking hands um although because last time we, we got who it was but it didn't show us it completely um 
but uh, the, the final panel is a photograph that's been turned down. Did, did we see this photograph be put down in the first issue? I don't think we did, did we? I feel like I remember talking about the photograph. Yeah, there. I yeah. Um, I think, again, I'd have to go back and check, but I, I feel like this was a picture of him with his daughter, maybe. Yeah, uh, so, you know, uh, this is what happens when there's like three, four months between issues. <laughs> yeah. If it is his daughter, it plays into this this shame that he's yeah not telling the truth that she is maybe not maybe she is alive maybe she's not but the story that he's telling about her isn't true yeah so now a lot to dig into there uh, unsurprisingly the Tom King maxi series is the one that ends up with a, a lot of discussion on and mm-hmm. uh, look forward to issues three next month uh, so and if you let me make it clear the art's gorgeous so <laughs> Matt what were you giving it. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 9, and I can't remember what I gave the last one, but it's about the same level. I really enjoyed this one. Connor? Yeah, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Uh, I'm also going to go with the 9, so there you go. Uh, that, is, that is Strange Adventures, and I almost said something else, uh, which will not be discussed. Who was that? Snicker. <laughs> All right. Superman 22, Brian Michael Bendis writing with Kevin Maguire on the art. This is the final, the end of the truth, which has actually been mm-hmm. the entire 22 issue run so far, because uh, the truth was broken into like three arcs. So right. this is finally the ending of that entire thing, uh, mm-hmm. which is essentially about the formation of the, the United Planets. United Planets and, and the yeah. fallout that has for, for Lois when Superman's not there because he's yeah. fighting Mongol. Because it, um, it breaks out of two. You've got Superman fighting Mongol in space. Mongols brought War mm-hmm. World uh, with them. And we get some gorgeous two pages. Kevin Maguire, of course, very uh, yep. strong art here. Very heavy lines and inks, all cross, that stuff. Cross Kryptonian action very well. Yeah. We, we loved his work on Supergirl. So, uh, so basically, I mean, just to mention the action stuff, we'll get that out of the way before we talk about the, the real meat of this. Is you know, there's a lot of big two page spreads, a lot of big things. Uh, Superman, there's a great two page layout of Superman going into the center of the war world and essentially mm-hmm. going into where the engine is, and all these like crypt- you know kryptonite lasers and those like cables tangling them, and he mm-hmm. just blasts with heat vision and there's a glorious page of it exploding. He he sort of yep. he steers it away from Earth uh, enough and then it blows up. That yeah, page is he's, gorgeous. He's yeah, he's legit angry at Mongol because. Mongol's going to take it out on Earth about the United Planet stuff. Because as a conqueror, he can't have them uniting mm-hmm. against him. You know, and that makes his job. So he's going to take this out because this was Superman's idea. And Superman is so upset that Mongol would do this that he kind of unleashes. And I mean, he still does it in the Superman way where, you know, he's going to take out Mongol and, and do what's right. But we get to see angry Superman here and just his suit gets burned up and and it's just it's a whole lot of fun yeah um and ultimately he ends up in venus and he beats the show of mongol he's got his shirt you know he's, yep. he's, the top of his suit's just been ripped off by this point um and he takes mongol back to his home planet because ultimately he's not going to kill him because that's just you know not nope. superman it does mention there's, superman. A, there's a little note here saying check out what happens to mongol and superman villains now which i think already came out was that the story of mongol being killed by the other mongol and being replaced but by yeah. his son, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah, I believe so. Again, the break yeah. has ruined a lot of stuff. But, it's but been I a do while. know I remember reading villains. Yes. Um, 
So, and but Superman yeah. goes to the United Planet and says, no, that exactly, Mongo's attacks is exactly why we have to do this. It's why we have to get this done because it's the people who fight against it are exactly why we have to ensure it happens. Yeah. And uh, because my son is bent to the future and all that, we know that it does happen. So it seems like he, you know, yeah. he, he does pull it off and he wins. Uh, but to go back and sort of talk about Lois's side of this issue, because Agent Chase, Cameron Chase, shows up and mm-hmm. talks to Lois. And, you know, and I think this was a nice swerve because, you know, she, she was like, hey, you know, is it true that your your your, your husband declared himself the the ambassador, the, the, the spokesperson mm-hmm. for Earth? And when, that, when as soon as that was introduced, I was like, oh my God, this is an interesting wrinkle to everyone kind of turning on Superman a little bit that maybe they don't like yeah. that he said that. And I think it's actually a really heartwarming, interesting little swerve that she's there to say, we want to make it official that you know the because of what superman's done for this planet we actually want to officially give him this title and say no he can speak on our behalf at these intergalactic meetings uh but it does make it clear that this comes with a caveat that now there's going to be so much scrutiny on him and you as well you know lois because of of this position that there can't be mistakes you can't there there can't be anything that, that question makes us question his integrity or anything and She's like, and she makes to make sure Lois is going to tell him, and it's this thing, and yeah. we end the issue with Clark getting back after this big meeting, after the big fight with Mongol, and he's tired. Lois is tired. She's just finished writing the book, and I actually I loved the, the ending of this issue. The, the final page of this book is them just sort of like getting sleepy, lying in bed, falling asleep, yeah. and Lois is like, oh yeah, there's a, the Agent Chase was here today. Uh, did did you tell like some aliens that you were going to you, you could speak on behalf of Earth? And he's like. Oh, I guess I kind of did. Is it a thing? It's like, that's fine. Uh, Chase was here. Do you want me to tell you something? It's been handled. But I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember what it was. Um, It was just this... It was a really simple beat of just showing what they're both like. And they they mentioned Missing John as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And uh, the the narration goes back and forth between their stories. And so you get, like, blue boxes for Superman and, and purple for Lois and they both kind of talk about what's going on, you know, on each other's page. So it was a real fun, I keep saying fun. It was a real, um, that's what I'm looking for. It worked really well. It was, it was, the, it was. And this was telling the story. Well constructed. I guess. Yeah. It was a well constructed way to tell the story of, of why Superman is worthy of the trust uh, of the, of the world. And because of what he's doing with Mongol uh, and, and defending the earth, because, it's his own actions that has led Mongol on this one. Um, so he's taking responsibility for it. And, and then Lois taking responsibility for Superman here, you know, and talking with, with Chase and they, cause they keep bringing up the daily star and, you know, it, it didn't come from, you know, the daily planet and Lois, it came from this other, you know, second rate newspaper. And, and why was that, you know, why didn't Lois bring this out? Uh, and yeah, but no, it's just it's been just continuing what he does well, and and it, the, you it, know it's such solid character building for both characters and their relationship, mm-hmm. and just th- this way of them dealing things and the way that Lois is even phased by the, the these not not mm-hmm. threats because Chase isn't threatening them; she's just kind of making a no. point. Uh, but the way that Lois like knows there's nothing to actually worry about because he's Superman. Yep. <laughs> um, right. you know that's not to say that others won't try and discredit him via other you know by other ways you know. Right. The, these papers like the star might try something shady or whatever, but right. it, you know, she's not worried about it. Uh, and then falling asleep together at the end was just, there was this moment of like, just these two people who both worked really hard at what they do and just like passing out at the end. I actually, I also really mm-hmm. like Lois's thing of being like, 
No, you don't get to read my book first because you'll do it at super speed in like 30 oh, seconds. Yeah, yeah. I want a human being to read it first who'll, who'll take them all night. <laughs> spend time. Yeah, I want them to spend time on it. Yeah. So that was a. That was a and you wouldn't touch. read it without telling me because that'd be a violation of trust, right, Clark? You know, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. No. But yeah. No, I, no, it was good. Uh, all the action looked fantastic. Uh, yeah, they. The stuff on Warworld with him coming out and just the, the heat vision and, and the fire, like the art by McGuire and then the, the colors just really pop up against space and whatnot. It looks. And it, it's. Really good, especially having JRJR art on action. For so long now. <laughs> it's good to see something like this. I think that this issue, and uh, there's been a lot of stories like this in Italy since you know Star Rebirth, but I think this issue is another sort of example that I would hold up and say any decision that was made at once upon a time to kill the marriage of you know Lois and Clark because they didn't want them to be married because oh, you run out of story ideas. This entire issue, Lois' side of this issue is about how she, like what it's like to be married to Superman and how that mixes mm-hmm. with her job and the ethical questions that come up. The the questions especially once you add in the new you know status quo of like everyone knowing who he is. Right. Uh like there's so much interesting drama to explore and how that functions and how they support each other even in this weird, wild new world that they're in. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, the 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 difficult thing is coming up with coming up with new ways of making them like only just starting to flirt interesting because we've done that. Like we have to go through that motion every single time we do a new Superman like retcons in the movies or the TV shows or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Some do it better than others, and sometimes it's still really fun. But in the comics, like there's just there's so much, and giving up on all that history uh, is a detriment because you feel the weight of that history in, in books like this, and you, you feel it in th- you know, things yeah. like metal and other things yeah. that we, we talk about. But Well, you... Yeah, you just know that Lois and Clark trust each other at the end of the day, and that's what everything's built on. You know? Is this trust between them. Uh, you know? they. It goes without saying with them. And I, and I like that, and I think Bendis really drove that point here by, you know, her, her just being like, oh yeah, Chase stopped by. I handled it. You know, that, that's the main point of, of her talking to him like that. It, it genuinely so. feels like there's been years of history. You know, decades mm-hmm. even of history. And th- that that feeling uh, when it's nailed in a comic book, it feels like the history all matters. Yep. You know, makes it work. And everything that f- informs how they treat each other, how they talk to each other, uh, the way Lois views her, her position as being Superman and Clark's wife, uh, it's all fascinating stuff. So uh, and I think this was a really solid capper, and it's a very—it's not a capper I expected to this story, and I think I appreciate that as well. That it's it's a more different mm-hmm. downbeat kind of ending. Uh, that feels like it has a point. Uh, it says next the fall of the planet and the Doctor of Fate. The planet I assume is the Daily Planet, and uh, yeah. the Doctor of Fate. I'm not sure if that's Doctor Fate or I forget. It's a play on words, and it's actually something else. But we'll see. Yeah. But I'm intrigued. This was another one where it's been such a long time since the last issue because I think the last issue was before the the break. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't remember exactly how that one ended, but I know Superman was fighting Mongols, so everything still yep. worked. <laughs> yeah, Warworld was on its way, I yeah. believe, because yeah. he was upset about the United Planets. So. I I just got that from context. I didn't really remember that specifically happening, yeah. but yeah. So that's, well, that's that, that was the one thing I remembered because I remember picking up the issue and being like, "Oh yeah." Mongol was here. I actually uh, remember Chase showing up to talk to Lois more than I did mm-hmm. the Mongol stuff for mm-hmm. whatever reason, but 
there you go. That is uh, issue twenty-two of Superman. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see where he goes next. Uh, especially since this was essentially one big twenty-two issue arc in a lot of ways. Not really, yeah. but kind of. Uh, so yeah. what, what are you giving it, Matt? I'm gonna give oh. this an eight point five. Your make that can have something. Mm. Uh, I will. I will. What am I giving this? That's a good question. Uh, the arc's good. Uh, I really like what it does with those. I like what it does with the fight. I think I have to go eight point five as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah, I'm it's having a common number this week. I'm having a good week. Yeah, I've had a nine to eight point five. So I'm having a solid week of comics so far. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll see if that lasts as we as we go through the books here, yeah, but yeah. Uh, it seems to be going well so far. Uh, so the Flash Annual issue three, Joshua Wilson writing with Stephen Segovia on the art. So this is an interesting one because. I don't think I knew this in advance, but I learned later that, of course, this is more of a Suicide Squad story. It ties in heavily uh, to what yep. Boomerang was up to. I, I'll just say, my my quick reaction to this is, um, Williamson can write Boomerang anytime. I think his Boomerang, for, for all of his faults and all the you know different versions we've seen, I loved how we played with the, what we're getting the FBI, that's the FBI, right? Talking to Boomerang. I think in, so, in, yeah. In his version, that went down versus what actually went down, uh, and I just well, yeah. Let, let me a, a fun. Let me give the, the the premise of this here, right? So it's the FBI talked to Boomerang, and it's set after the events of the previous Suicide Squad issue, and this is where it really is more of a Suicide Squad issue than it is a Flash issue, because the events you know slot into between two issues of Suicide Squad. And everything that's happening follows on from Boomerang's involvement in what just happened in Suicide Squad. They reference everything else that happens in the last issue of Suicide Squad. This feels like, see when this is in a trade? This has to, absolutely has to be in the Suicide Squad trade. Right. Yeah. There's no I, question. I, I, I said at the start, I think the only reason that this is in the Flash book as an annual rather than a Suicide Squad annual is that the Flash sells reasonably well and presumably better than Suicide Squad. Uh, I haven't got the, the the figures to back that up right now, but as a rule, I'm sure that's probably true. And the idea is, hey, maybe if we put this as an annual here, all the Suicide Squad readers will see that at the end of the last issue anyway, and they'll go and buy it, so they're not missing out. And the people who read Flash and would just read the annual, because it's a Flash annual, might go back and pick up Suicide Squad because they like what's going on here with this group of characters. Yeah, obviously Flash does show up, and he is, you know, he's a relatively prominent character in this one issue, but he's not... I mean, I, I was still... focus. I was still... You know, Boomerang's definitely the main character, and then mm-hmm. I would say the Suicide Squad feel more important to this issue than the Flash does for the most part. So, you know, Flash is there, and uh, Boomerang's telling this story, and... You know, I don't think it's clear early on necessarily that this is like Boomerang's weird. You know. I, I think first panel where the Flash shows up, like a couple of pages after mm-hmm. the title sequence, where the Flash runs in with like a burger and a drink. Yep. It's like okay, I know exactly what's going on immediately from that point. Um, because you know we see the Suicide Squad; they're on the run after fleeing the Suicide Squad. You know, the, the Task Force X headquarters. Just taking out Locke. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So yeah, it follows directly on from that last Suicide Squad issue. Um, and you know, like he he takes them to a, a hideout that the rogues had in Central City, and they're questioning if they should be here or not. The Flash does show up like almost immediately, um, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of banter here. And I will say that I I do think yeah, I don't think I like the dialogue in this as much as I do in the regular issues of Suicide Squad. I do think Tom Taylor does have better dialogue, 
But that's not to say that Williamson has bad dialogue. In fact, the dialogue, for the most part, is really fun. In fact, I'd go even further and say, this is the best issue of The Flash that he's written in quite some time. <laughs> I, I think, for me, this, this is actually kind of frustrating in that I like Boomerang in short doses. Turns out I don't yeah. like a full issue like this of Boomerang, especially of Boomerang doing Flash's dialogue, essentially. Because, um, you know, a lot, of it, a lot of it just felt off. And it, it wasn't, you know, I, I know it's intentionally this is Boomerang's yeah. take on Flash. I get that. But for me, that wasn't that enjoyable to read for that much of it. it was, the, the novelty of it wore off pretty quickly. No, I, no, I, I, I disagree with that. Yeah, this was, this I, was I fun. I liked it throughout because it was like, oh, okay. Boomerang does have this weird charm to him. Like, he's just this trashy guy. But here, it's almost like he's... This is almost his redemption at work. So, um... But no, I, I do like that, and I like when when Slade shows up and just the the stuff that Boomerang says with Slade. You know, there's that interpersonal stuff between them uh, that I, just, I th- thought it all worked really well. I thought it was a a fun read, and especially when you get to the end, and then you kind of see why it's more of a, a flash. Like, I feel like Williamson kind of was like, yeah, the Suicide Squad, it, it's pretty key in that, but this is also part of my Flash ongoing thing. Is it? I don't. I don't agree with that at all. How is, how is this part of the Flash ongoing book? Just, <laughs> Just the very ending, I think, of bringing the, the very end with, 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 yeah, with Cole. Oh sure, I... the rogues, and I just, I feel like there's that thread here of, you know, the, when the last time we read Flash, you know, Reverse Flash is going to start the Reverse Flash family, and I don't think the rogues are going to be too keen on there being two Flash oh, families. Sh- I mean, you know what I mean? Honestly, I would say this is more Williamson putting the pieces back for the next writer. Because I don't think he's got enough sure. time on his run now to do another bit with the robes, really. I, I do I do think they're going to pop back up, because I don't think... Once once I heard that with them reaching back out with Cold, Cold's got something up his sleeve going on. Yeah, maybe I, I, I genuinely don't feel... I feel like this... Okay, you can argue it's a Flash book, because it's got Boomerang as the main character, and he's you know, traditionally a Flash character. Mm-hmm. And you've got the Flash showing up as well uh, as, a, as an appearance here. But, it, it, like... This is way more relevant to Suicide Squad than it is the no, Flash. No, sure, but at, way at more. the same time, it, it rounds itself back out as as the Flash. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I feel like the ending just kind of works on its own. I, I don't feel like if Boomerang does show up in Flash soon, I, I don't mm-hmm. think like we need to have a story explain how he ended up back with the Rogues. I think it was more Williamson just while he was there. Went, yeah, ah, let's right. just throw him back. It feels him. like the ending feels like a fun beat, but we're not there yet. We we uh, we've got a lot of stuff before then because we have. Uh, Suicide Squad debating like how they even deal with the Flash. They try to fight him briefly, but they get the idea, and Bar- and uh, Barry's going to help them get to this this basically this knockoff invisible jet. The the, the government mm-hmm. tried to make a, a knockoff a Wonder Woman's jet, which honestly sounds very plausible. Very very plausible, yeah. Yeah, that they would try and do such a thing, and Barry's like, okay, you know what? You've tried to do your best. I mean, again, this is all through the, the filter of Boomerang, but clearly a plan was made here. Uh, and we get to get, I mean, obviously there's the plan that we think is happening and then there's a the plan that it really was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, we have the, the, the boomerang mobile, which is Barry, <laughs> like a horse pulling a, pulling a carriage with a mm-hmm. uh, speeding, speeding to the middle of the desert. Um, and everyone cracking jokes about being a, some sort of per van and, uh, the smell being really bad, although Harley likes it for some reason. Um, and there is some fun dialogue here. There's some really fun stuff later, especially when it gets more overt with it being Boomerang's version of everything. You know, when mm-hmm. Boomerang... Because Deathstroke shows up in his uh, 
What was it's it you call it? Buggy, I think it's it de- yeah, Death Buggy is what... Uh, oh, that's what Boomerang calls it. That's what Boomerang it, calls it. Same for Deathstroke's fate. Yeah, so... The, you know, Boomerang... Or, sorry, Deathstroke's fighting the, the various squad members. He's fighting Flash. He's fighting, ultimately, Boomerang. And we get some really ridiculous stuff where... Boomerang... I, I, I don't know about you guys, but the sentence you just got Boomeranged... Uh, yeah. Crack me up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, I mean, if you weren't getting that something wasn't quite right here, the the page where Deathstroke decapitates the Flash is like, okay. Wait, so, so honestly, this might be the least plausible bit in the issue for me. Not that you know the the decapitation. I know that's fake, but the actual version where Barry you know vibrated through it and played dead or something. I don't really know. The, the clearly something went on. Uh, but the idea that 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 would be enough to pull Deathstroke feels very implausible to me. I guess I don't know. Yeah. I, I, okay. I was I was too busy having fun to care. I don't... Yeah, that's me too. I was just I like, okay. Well, because I know I, I kind of agree with Connor, but then I was like, I don't. I feel like you know, Deathstroke's not. If there's any character that has a huge difference in who's writing him, it's Deathstroke. I, f- I feel. Like... I definitely think that priests, priest Deathstroke would not fall for that whatsoever, right? But there are versions I feel that would have just like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the details of what actually happened before the ending, because it's all through Boomerang's lens, are just like almost like completely. Oh, just... No, there's a bit that actually flashes narration. No, uh, I know, no, I know there is, but like I feel like the actual details. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't. It's not a big deal. No, but that that's the bit that I'm getting. But like Boomerang's version of it all, I can, you know, I can say, oh well, it's just Boomerang. It was this bit where it was flashes narration of the of the events. That that's where it bothered me. I feel you're taking this too seriously. I'm sorry. For me, the, the the point here is Flash does take it seriously in comparison to Boomerang, so it should feel more serious, and I should treat it more seriously because this is the quote-unquote real events. Uh, and the fact that it still just didn't line up to me and felt like it, an out, uh, it fell off for me. I, I, I get. I, I mean, okay. I guess. I, 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 just, I just had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't feel like it needs it out. I wasn't though. thinking about it too hard. The, the tone of the whole thing is so lighthearted and jovial. Um, and you know, it's not when when after they fly off because Boomerang, of course, makes himself out to be this hero that took down Deathstroke. And of course, the right. the agents aren't buying it at all. But mm-hmm. as he's telling this part of the story, the Suicide Squad are in the the the, the jet flying off. So, and I'll, I'm just going to read them all out here because they're all really funny. Uh, Captain Boomerang saved us. He's the greatest hero of all time. A damn legend. Our saviour. He truly is Captain Boomerang, which is a reference to earlier when she just called him Boomerang and he corrected her. Right. And then the best one, of course, is is Chaos K. Someday, I'll have his boomer babies. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, and that, again, that's being Boomerang. I feel like Williamson's got that voice down yeah. where you're just like, God, he's the worst. Stripping no, the, would say that. Stripping the best know? way possible. And then you yeah. get the, the page of what really happened uh, during the, the Deathstroke Boomerang fight, which was just Deathstroke beating the everlasting piss out of Boomerang. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because of course it was. Uh, yeah. But Barry comes and says, no, you've earned an actual shot. And there's kind of this joke at the end where Barry... I mean, obviously it explains what actually happened, which is basically just the the, the, the jet was a ruse and the, the squad are elsewhere. But uh, Boomerang gets taken to Australia... And he's told, hey, like, you, you've actually done enough to earn a second chance. Don't fall into your bad ways again. And he even calls him mate. You know, don't, don't come back uh-huh. around like a boomerang. And then he gets a text from Captain Cold saying, hey, we've got a, we've got a thing. 
as you went. Yep. And he's uh, has this, he looks over to where the flash just ran off. He looks back at his phone, and he's like, "I'm back!" And I laughed. I laughed quite a bit. The last page made me mm-hmm. laugh because it's like, "Yep." After all that, yep. Immediately, the first the first hint of like, "Oh, I could do something shady." He's into it again. Yeah, because he'll never change. He's a, b- a boomerang always comes back. Yeah. You know. I thought this was delightfully funny. Yep. Uh, also, there's like three artists on this. I only said Segovia. There's also Brandon Peterson and uh, Carlo mm-hmm. Pugalain. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I thought this was a delightful uh, uh, one shot. Uh, not, not quite up to the 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 immaculate quality that that uh, Taylor has on Suicide Squad. No. But I like this more than any issue of the regular Flashbook in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it helped. There was no paradox BS going on too. Maybe you just well, yeah, tell a, obviously. a fun story. You know, it wasn't steeped in everything that's been going on in Flash. And that it's, a pretty, it's a pretty low bar, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So, like, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, yeah, it's and a no, low bar, but I'm saying that even even if it wasn't a low bar, I'd say I'd still really like this issue. So, what, what, then what you rating it? Uh, that's a solid eight for me. I had a lot of fun. Damn it. Me too. That's an eight as well. Yeah, and I'm not going to let that fly, by the way. I'm not answering that first again. I'm not falling for that trick. Yeah, <sighs> menace. Uh, what are you giving it, Carter? Uh, 5.5. 5. Um, <laughs> like I said, I, I, I was into it at first, but the boomerang shtick, I got bored of it quite quickly. Oh. And uh, I thought, you know, I, I really felt the shifting three different artists. It was a lot. Uh, it was a bit messy for me. Uh, overall, I just you... kind of... Wasn't that into it? Got a bit bored I'd by the end. Captain Boomerang of the show. Unfortunately, he always comes back. Yes, I agree, Matt. Uh, I was waiting for him to argue with me. I was just happen. like, so was like when, when I give my score like that, and you, you two are just so into it, and I'm not. There's, there's no point in me saying anymore. I've, I've learned that. I've just like, you know, I'll <laughs> that's it. I'm done. Hogman twenty four. Robert Videtti writing. Fernando Pissarro on the art. Uh, take away. Oh, so God. this this picks back up on the, you know, the story that that Venditti's been telling about Qatar Deathbringer, and so they they end up. This is the the place beyond the void. This is where they were bringing you know all those people from the planets when he was Qatar. Back in the first arc, right in the first, and basically he has to come to terms that that's not who he is anymore. And yet time has gone on differently here. Um, and then while he's fighting, you know, these first first the people that he brought there who are basically slaves start attacking him. Um, the the wingmen that he was the leader of realize who this is, and it's the one that, that betrayed them by sending them here. So him and Shira get to get to team up and take them all out. So it's a really action-oriented issue. Uh the siren uh, kills as well. Yeah. And then Shira gets her memories as well. There's a yeah, it's a great emotional beat early on where you know, he asks her, how much do you remember about all our past lives and she's like I'm not sure. I always thought there was a bit more than just this life, but I uh, I've never been certain. And she's like, you know, looking at the big monolith and being like it, it right. kind of feels familiar. It feels familiar. But she can't, yeah, she can't put her finger on it and then he mentions, "Hey, no, no, this this was in my first life and assuming hers mm-hmm. too." And she goes, "You know, you were there, let that anger you." And you just have this this close up couple of panels of her remembering uh, from that meeting from the first arc. Yep. And and uh, then you look and there's a bunch of other hawk women, you know, like like we got with with uh, Carter, 
you yeah. know, these different moments of, of them together. Uh, yeah, and it's her kind of having just that moment of realization and kind of realizing, yeah, you know, just how deep their relationship is again. So, yeah, um, just the, the beats of him realizing where they are and then the place beyond the void and then him basically getting, you know, beating all the wingmen because he still is Qatar Deathbringer. Like, he's still the one. Oh, he can take him out and, and she can take him out too. And, and yep. she's making fun of him, being like, Hey, you know, if you trained this army, didn't couldn't you have done a better job? And he's right. Like, oh, I didn't know I'd have to fight you. Right. And and then you know, at the end, the the one that's responsible for all of this, he's the what's he called the the god beyond the void or the voice? Uh, yeah. But just before that, we have the um the last Deathbringer standing who has he has Shara. He that's has right. it like yeah by the throat. That's right. And he's like you know you you drop that mace right now or I'll just crush her throat. And she has a, a great line because he's hesitating, like not sure uh -huh. what to do. And he just said, she goes, why is this peacock still clucking, Carter? Stop overthinking. And then he just, you know, throws the mace at his mace face a, and it's yep. gorgeous. Yeah. And then, then we get to the, the big bad and man, I just feel like we're yeah. getting towards the end of something and I don't, and I don't want that because I'm enjoying everything that, that I, he's doing here. I know. Uh, I'm trying to find the name of it. It was the, the Lord Beyond. The Lord Beyond. Was? The void, uh, yeah, yeah, the 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 law beyond the void, and um, so. this this issue because the last eleven issues or so, I don't know if we had an annual in there or not, I can't remember. Yeah, um, have felt very not separate from that first arc, but that first arc was this twelve well, issue epic origin. Yeah, and then and, it tied and, in to what's been going on with you know the year of the villain, and you know it's been bringing in the supporting cast that, that we right. associate with Hawkman. These various things. And then you get to this issue, and it's all like... Throwback. Like, it's, this could have been right after the first arc, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, you know, barring the relationship. Oh. Yeah, right? yeah well, it's also, it's built up Shaira again, and why she's so important to, to Carter. And that's yeah. what those have, those have done. And then here, it ties her into his past as the original, you know, the red-headed woman that... that righted him that that basically led to him having to repent all those lives yeah that he but put away year, like following up on that first arc essentially a full year's worth of issues later mm -hmm. uh, i think it's slightly longer because it's, of the break but right in terms well, of the I, issue, I, I, it's up there to me with with aaron's thor and how he he laid the foundation with you know the god butcher stuff that, that was actually a, a good comparison because it had this first arc that was phenomenal and you kind of mm -hmm. go well he's never going to top this no and then over the time the course of the saga builds on it in mm -hmm. incredible ways and you know, by the end that's not the highlight of that run no it's, it's pretty high but it's, up it's, there it's still right? like it's still a great standalone story but it's not the right. high point of the run like no, you thought but, it would have been and everything comes from those those first you know that first arc and i feel like here you know maybe maybe he's not ready towards the end maybe this is just the start right I mean, and now they're on the same page. In a, in a similar comparison, that story that, that Aaron had there, that was a 11 issues, I think. Yeah. And then at a comparison, you know, a roughly similar point to this would have been almost the end of that first book, mm -hmm. the, uh, the God of Thunder book. Right, God of Thunder uh, 25, so... Yeah, so it would have been yeah. going into, all right, we're going into the next stage of the story, but right. by no means the end. If this yeah. has been shaping up for a you know, 60 to 100 issue run... I'm yeah, here and it is... 
Oh boy, this is so good. Yeah, so I, I went back and read some of the first Rand Thanagar stuff, and you know, Hawkman's always been this this weird character that kind of feels like he doesn't have a place, and I feel like Vendetti's finally giving him that place. You know, he is the historical guy, but he's also the space guy, and I it's weirdly he is kind of DC's Thor in that way now. He kind of is. Yeah. I love that we're doing this here now, and I know we know in a few issues time we're going to be dealing with the JSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just, I'm so excited for everything this book does. It's, yeah. it's even if I don't rate it the highest this week, it's a very good week. It right. remains up here as one of my favorite ongoing DC books. Yeah, and, and it helps too that it always gets the good art, like you said. It's Pissarin yeah. here. There's a there's right. a great two page splash. Uh, right as they're about to go into battle, the two of them flying out next to mm-hmm. each other, you know, and it's just so good. Yeah, and it's yeah, and this really leans into the cyclical nature of the, these two, that they they always have each other, no matter what, you know, yeah. and that she'll she'll be there, and she's the whole reason he is who he is now, uh, and they're yeah. gonna face this together. It's just, I mean, from the time that that first issue with the stone ape, right, it keeps delivering these epic moments, and this one's no different. Like you said, with them suiting up. This is a book where I'd say, I, that first arc was fantastic, and it is a, probably a quintessential Hawkman story for the ages at this mm-hmm. point. Yep. Um, and, and I thought, okay, that might be the high point of the the, the run overall, being that, okay, you're all, you have one artist do this whole 12-issue story that was this epic origin mm-hmm. that spanned millennia. Um, but then now we're here, and I'm like, oh, that's just kind of the beginning Yes, this feels kind of like an ending in some senses that we're we're closing off this chapter of this run maybe by mm-hmm. coming back to you know this uh, the Lord Beyond the Void and dealing with that here. But yeah. we know the book's not ending. We know there's more to come after this. So I'm excited for what it's going to set up next. Yeah. Well, see now I, I compared to Thor. Now I'm I'm seeing a lot more there, and now it's just this is just my wheelhouse because you also have all the Hawkman stories, just like you have all the Young Thor stories. Because I, I don't know where you left off on, on Thor. I don't know if you ever finished. I finished it, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's that story of Loki um, basically messing with Thor to keep him on Earth with his mm. the, with the Viking wife that he had and, and her him being responsible for her death and going to Valhalla. And yeah, Thor that was in the there. last part of the run, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I feel like that you could tell a story like that here with Hawkman. And it just it's weird that I, I was... In quality, comparing it to what Aaron did with with Thor but, and telling this whole layered story, storytelling mechanics. There's actually a lot of similarities. There's a lot uh, of similarities. Journal for the these past lives, like we did with right. Thor. Maybe we'll do some future Hulk stuff at some point. Yeah, surprise me. I would. I would love that. Um, yeah, because you have the whole character in the Batman Beyond universe that I love. That was the he was all metal, Hawkman. Yeah. He was called Warhawk. Yeah, I that think was, he showed up in. So, was it death metal maybe no. i can't remember Injustice, when they went to the future um you know uh when, when oh the... he did because it was all about the earth with commandy yeah and, yeah we had them with the, yeah with the yeah that's yeah. right there. That is, he did. so but yeah um so i'm still loving this book it's it's my favorite so uh i'm gonna give it an 8.5 yep uh yeah, another 8.5 for me. Yeah. Cool. That was a thing. It was. You should be reading it. Missing out on the best ongoing book. 
The best, really, the best ongoing book. It is. Batman. And I say that as a, as a Superman fan that's enjoying Superman and all that stuff, but his Hawkman is a delight <laughs> every month. Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, both me and Matt are missing out on the best ongoing book. Red Hood's a thing, and Cara mm-hmm. gets to read that, so. How dare you? <laughs> so, How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, all right, Batman Outsiders, issue 13, Brian Hill and uh, Gleb Melenkov. Notably, that is not Dexter Soy. Um, did we say in the solicits that Dexter Soy is back later? Is this just a fill-in, or is it switched for the arc? I can't remember. Yeah, do you own the headlights? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yep. I don't I know either. I do. I do know I don't mind. Like, it's not Dexter Soy, but it's also... There's this cartooniness to it that, mm-hmm. I, that I enjoy. It, like, it almost has a... Bogdanovich, Capullo kind of vibe, but not quite. Well, yeah, they are still bad. Go out on a limb and say that he was still in the solicits for this book because last week, unless he was, unless Melenkov had a story in one of the, uh, oh, you know, hundred pages, because I remember talking about him recently because this is the artist that was doing that thing on Twitter with the you know, the Superman's neck. Mm. So I obviously brought him up for a reason. So it it it's very likely it was the solicits. Mm. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, this issue basically boils down to two things. It's uh, Black Lightning uh, talking to Batman, and Batman talking about uh, Raz al Ghul's device, the fact that the, 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 the weapon is not really supposed to be a weapon, it's just a weapon because Raz has turned it into one. He brings in Martian Manhunter to try and, like, basically, it, it doesn't have any, like, like concrete knowledge. It's basically just uh, the stories and hearsay from, like, back on Mars. There was like, rumors of this ancient culture, so on and so on. And we get that kind of thing. And ultimately, it seems to just build up to the last page where Batman's like, hey, we're going to try and supercharge you so that you can, like, your your powers can counteract this. And counteract the beam. It whips out something that looks like some sort of weird medieval torture device. It's basically this big electric chair that... Mixed with a mech. Because yes. there's some mech qualities to it. So, uh, his plan which... is to basically turn on the power to give Black Lightning more power to make him supercharged, right. I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel the better beat here was Katana versus Shiva for the soul of two young ones. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, the, that's uh, the other plot, yeah. Because uh, yeah. you see Cass and uh, Duke are just, just sparring and doing whatever, but the, the two ladies who claim they're not going to fight, as soon as yep. the kids leave the room, are like, yeah, we're going to fight. <laughs> and yep. she, uh, Shiva's basically like, hey, if I win, then those kids be allowed to have the option to go with me right. and take on Raz rather than wait because Batman's ordered everyone to be on the bench just now to not go after Raz and uh, you know Katana's like well fine but if I win blah 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 uh, it doesn't matter though because I, there's a scene of uh, Cass and Duke talking about uh, yeah. you know what Batman's up to and like does he have a plan should we trust him mm-hmm. and Katana just comes stumbling down the stairs looking like she's been half stabbed going Lady Shiva would like to speak to you in the dojo. <laughs> yeah. And so, see, part of me, though, feels like Katana feels that they should be given the option, because that, that's her. That's her whole... I mean, she wields a sword with her dead husband in it. She's not the cleanest of heroes, either. Are you saying that she threw the fight because she believed maybe, that they should have a choice? Maybe, because the fact that we didn't get to see the fight, I feel I, is I'm still going... I got a good chuckle of her just sort of like coming in and saying, "Yo, yeah, well, you me too." Lady Shiva would just like to see you now. <laughs> yeah. No explanation. And just... So, but yeah, but it wouldn't be out of character either way. Like if she did get beat by Shiva, Shiva is a accomplished martial artist and whatnot. Um, but yeah, ultimately they should make their decision, right? And that's the 
kind of also what Black Lightning's been trying to get through Batman's head. Like, these kids really aren't your soldiers to be doing this. Like, I'm a principal. I know student behavior. So, but the fact that they're given the choice here, I, I yeah. so really, really like so they go with Shiva to Shiva's like apartment, and I don't see anything good coming from that. Quite frankly, no, not at all. But and, all. and again, I feel like Cass knows this with her mom. Like deep down, like yes, she is orphan, right? And she feels like she doesn't have any ties to it. But I also don't believe that Shiva is that changed person that wants to be in her daughter's life for those reasons. Yeah, because the because uh, she mentions that they may even have to save Batman if Batman's too foolish to uh, see what's mm-hmm. really happening here. Uh, we do a scene with Raz where we see him with the weapon and we see that it's harming him. Like, it's actually causing him yeah. some physical distress. And his, uh, you know, his second in command, his henchman, is like, you know, he's worried about him. And Raz is like, oh, I've got a Lazarus pit. Don't you worry about me. Uh, a, a bit of pain yeah. is a small price to pay. But basically, they're planning on setting demands for all the, the big, you know, nations of the world. And if they do not comply, they'll start using their weapon. Uh, on on various sets because we we saw proper destruction in that last issue it was proper it was really well done this issue almost falters by comparison just because it's so low-key and you know set up yeah compared to a lot of the last few issues we had so um it's, it's solid stuff though i mean i'm a little disappointed that dexter saw he's not on art because yeah. like his art was was wonderful and it was so consistently there for the first like 12 issues maybe barring one i think there was one fill in uh in that first 12 um yeah. But like the art still looks pretty good. Uh it's it's definitely not 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 uh not displeasing, I'll say that. And I'm liking what they're building up to here. But this is very much just everyone talking about what where they're going next, as opposed yeah, it's to it's definitely the it's a next chapter yeah. issue. Yeah. Which is interesting because so, this is billed as part one of the new arc. And right. it's kind of one of these books where it's technically split into arcs, but because and I remember thinking it was really weird what they called the end of the first arc and the start of the second arc and thinking that the trades yeah. for this, if they're actually split there, are going to feel really weird because it, honestly, it's one yeah. big 12 issue arc or whatever it was. Right, yeah, because the, the other one began with the death of his friend, Black Lightning's friend, yeah. instead of ending with it, which would seem to be more, the more logical. But but yeah, this is almost the, the next chapter, but it's still a good chapter. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm, I'm I'm interested about this. It's interesting to see like the outsiders kind of split up for a, for a while and see how mm-hmm. uh, this was. Because I, I feel like we're still at the point that where they've really committed to being a team. It doesn't feel like they've truly formed yet. No, because it's still Black Lightning's doing his thing and, and Katana's associated with him and Batman, and they're all kind of arguing about the kids. You know, these are like the adults trying to make the decisions for the kids. The kids are like, "Hey, wait, we're old enough to have a voice." And so that's why I really like the Shiva section of this going like, yeah, you don't have to agree with their choice, but it's their choice to make. Yeah, I think uh, this... So weirdly, she's the adult in the room. Yeah, I think the Shiva you know, the... stuff uh, with the kids is probably my favorite part of this issue as well. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying it though, and I'm, I'm you know, looking forward to seeing where, where it goes next. Mm-hmm. But this is very much a set-up issue. There's no, there's no denying yeah. that. Uh, no, there's no, no, because the last issue had that gut punch of here's what's happening in the city that he's attacking, and it was like, whoa, this is rough anyway uh i mean admittedly it's been well it's not actually been that long since that issue because that, that was one that we already, we've already had an issue of this since we came back uh all right man what are you giving this one i'm gonna give this a 7.5 it's it it's good it's along those lines yeah i would give it a straight seven yeah it, it's, it's good mm-hmm. but it's not an exceptional issue uh, the art's a bit of a downgrade but again it's not bad it's just not 
what it was. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there you go. That is Batman and the Outsiders issue, whatever number it was. <laughs> I don't have a machine. Uh, it's thirteen. It was thirteen. Yes, that makes sense. The question: The deaths of Vic Sage, issue three. Jeff Lemire writing with Dennis Cohen and the art. Do you know if there's if there's a book this week that suffered from? Because this was actually not just the the, the lockdown delay. This was already mm-hmm. delayed before that, I think. So this was a huge gap. So the fourth issue was supposed to come out the day this came out. Well, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and and I know um, Wonder Woman Dead Earth came out this week, mm-hmm. and me and Pete were reading that beforehand. That that was a victim of the gap. Yeah, there's a problem when it, it was already an extra few months, but these were both bi-monthly books already mm-hmm. at best. Yeah, um, and it's just uh the 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 just suffer and. I mean, this just just shows to prove that delays can hurt books. We spoke about it a lot over the last few weeks that uh, ve- some books have fared better than others. Uh, coming back to it, we've struggled with some things. We've not enjoyed certain book issues as much as we might have done if they'd just been on the normal schedule. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's all very... It's case by case because I, I feel like there's books that are so memorable uh, or that you just like so much that no delay is ever going to hurt it. Is 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 you know yeah. Doomsday Clock was basically bulletproof from a quality point of view. That was bulletproof from the delays. Yeah, I think when you've got that much in every issue, it was okay. Yeah. But there there are a lot of just you know the the standard monthly books that we're reading. There's a lot of them that we've come back to this month and been like, eh, this probably would have been better. We probably would have enjoyed it more if we'd just not had the delay. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mm-hmm. apply to these books, though, because uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth is like a 60-page book. In fact, one of the reasons why I said, you know what, I think I just have to let this be a victim of the of the gap is because mm-hmm. not only do, do I barely remember the first two issues, it's also 60 pages, and, you know, that's that's a lot to get to. And obviously the question, Death of Exage, issue three, is, again, it's a, it's a longer issue. It's been a long time since issue two. I think the reason why that won out quite easily is because I just like it a bit more. You know, the, the, I, I remember yeah. liking it more. Jeff Lemire, of course, has a good track record with all three of us. We, we and, I like Dennis Cowan's art. And it's worth mentioning, I completely forgot when we were doing the news. Uh, he was talking about the, the, milestone, uh, the milestone relaunch mm-hmm. is back on track. The, the legal issues that they okay. had have been sorted out. They were literally just sorted and they were just getting back on track with the plans and then everything shut down for a few months. But... You know, it's we we should be getting a milestone relaunch maybe in a six months a year. Uh, okay. That's just stuff. Uh, so as soon as I started, though, I mean, there's a lot of details I can remember, but I did remember we ended with like the noir like setting, yep, yeah. uh, and that's what you know. We do, and he, he's he's waking up and he's having memories of like a man with no face and a woman with red hair and uh, a man with a thousand faces and a man with yeah, a thousand faces. Honestly, What's it that, all mean? that is to to remind him of things was perfect for us in a, in a weird yeah. way right that, oh. like you you see that and you went oh yeah that that was a thing i still kind of forgot the richard dragon stuff that was going on so he popped up i was like who's yeah. that guy again and yeah. then by the end you end up remembering yeah um, I, it's, it's funny because at one point it, he has a couple of like sort of flashback moments where he's, he's starting to like see glimpses of the other like versions mm-hmm. and the other timelines and at one point he sees a tv studio and i went oh i remember this but it wasn't until the very end where I realized, oh, that was the original one that we started, and that's the, what the main story yep. is actually taking place in. These last two issues, the issue two and this one, uh, I mean, uh, are basically his like weird like trip into the the past lives of 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 Vic Sage, of, of Vic Sage to see right. you know the history right. of this and, villain. 
and he's Charlie Sage in this one, and he's yes. a private detective, and it's so noir, um, like down to the tropes. Yeah, I will say more noir as if it was black and white. I will say yep. this: I think this is the out of all the settings so far. This is the one that actually, I think, lends itself to the most to uh, Kevin's art. I feel like yeah. it really feels so, like it belongs I here. It's the one that most feels inherently that lends itself to the question as well. Well, this is, yeah, this is, when I think of the question, this is what I think, even though I, again, knows next to nothing about the question, he feels just with his getup, like he's, he's a, a, a 40s, tech. yeah, noir, and and then you, you start talking about the, the girl shows up, the redheaded, you know, femme fatale, if you will, uh, looking for her brother, Charlie takes it, she tries to pay, and all this other, and I've seen enough of these movies to go, oh no, there's there's something up with her, right? And then so it leads it. Her brother was trying to unionize the 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 factory that they both work at in Hub City, which you know leads to some problems. Uh, Charlie picks it up, and then it's that's when it starts getting weird, right? It's, yeah, it's how he immediately gets jumped, even though yep. he's not done anything yet to provoke no. anyone. Yeah, it's, right. it's basically just the, the mere fact that he's he's looking into this, you know, he, they're after him. They're after him already because mm -hmm. powerful people don't want this to be exposed. So you're, you're sort of questioning, like, right. how, how could they do it this quickly? <laughs> like, what exactly is going on here? Right. Um, and I, I do like that there's a full-page spread of him walking down the street in his trench coat, which looks very similar to the cover. He's still got his mask uh, on, obviously, but it's a very yeah. similar image of him it's walking down with the, the, Dutch, the Dutch camera angle. It's gorgeous, uh, isn't it? So, right. wonderful stuff. Um, a lot of atmosphere here. He's in the alleyway of the rain. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yep. But he, he has this moment, though, when he's been beaten up by these thugs, where he looks over and sees uh, Richard Dragon, and it's like it's like get up. it's like he's entranced by another version of himself, where his his face becomes the you know the faceless right. you know, yeah. question. And, and, and Dragon calls him Vic. Yeah. Right. And he gets up and starts you know basically takes everyone on, and then he's left standing there after the fact and just being like, oh, what the hell's going on? What just happened? <laughs> what did I just yeah. do? Uh, so he, he calls it the one good cop he knows who's not corrupt uh, to get him some right. info. Who's taught, which is his, his you know, mm -hmm. his friend in, in the real world. It's the one good cop, and he's been waiting for him. And they talk about the case, and that this, you know, there's very powerful people. You know, Matt, I'm glad you remembered that because I did not remember yeah. that from issue one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and as, the the more that I kept reading, the more it started it, coming it, back. It does come I, back to you over time, doesn't it? I felt like Charlie Sage. Like, I think I'm it in did, his shoes here. It did to a point. Joe jo hurt this, I think, a little bit more than maybe some of the other books where we you know, we started off feeling like, oh, it's been a while, I can't remember, and then it starts to come back mm -hmm. as you're reading it. Is it, I think because this is in this like, other timeline and it's so separate yeah. from the, what the original narrative is, is that you don't get as many contextual clues as you normally no. do. It's all these kind of, like, quick teases of things that you're like, okay, like, there's not actually a lot of context here to yeah. take it on. It's just flashing the yeah. images here or there. So it's a little yeah. bit tougher, but that's, I mean, I can't really blame the book for it. It's not its fault it was like no. pandemic. No, it, it still stands alone. If, if this is just the story of the question is Charlie Sage investigating the, the union busting, you yeah. know, because he, he goes, ends up, he, he gets some information uh, about her, um, who's uh, the girl's Maggie, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, about Maggie, they go talk to the mom, and the mom is like, well, no, this, this you know, I, I knew they were going to get into trouble trying to form a union, they're going to be here. So she's at the strike. So they go to a strike. Um, the, the the factory owner and, and the mayor call the police in and 
it's just chaos. Right. Oh, the one more. Uh, it's on the, the way there that he has the, the yeah. flash of the, the yeah. Western right. timeline. Yeah, right. the uh, the TV studio one was where he was getting beat up. It was just before the right. dragon appearance. It was that one. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's, he's walking down the street and he sees the old West Town instead, which, you know, I, I presume is the exact same street, just, you know, right. several, and several, several you know, decades earlier. Probably. I realize this, though, because he kind years. of collapses against the wall. Like, it's kind of coming at him at once and it's it's overwhelming him. Right. And then he looks up and then we see what he's seeing. It's really well done. Yeah, and yeah. kind of a riot breaks out because uh, what someone throws a bottle at the uh, yeah, right. the, the factory yeah. Again, manager. Ugh. Weird how Lemire how this lines up with, with events. I know, right it's, it's, it's so... It's, and then I've been uh, listening to a lot of you know historical stuff about this, and I just listened to one about strikes during the 40s, and you know they were called riots, even though nothing... Most of the time, nothing had really happened. But in order to, to get the public on the side of the factory, Perception. you know, they would call them riots and make it look. And I'm like, this is going on right now. What the hell? Yeah. You know? Of course, the difference being is that back then there was no uh, people with phones and cameras and social media no. to kind of disprove it, what the, right. the story is. Right. And that's is. why I'm learning it now, you know, 60, 80 years later, you know. <laughs> I like how you just suddenly realized, ah, shit, we're not in 2000 anymore. No, I'm not. I was, I had uh, yep, I did. I had, I had to do the quick math. It's so, a thing. So, anyway, he goes off looking, because uh, uh, Maggie's taken away in a car, not to the police station, no, she's taken elsewhere. He goes looking for her, he gets knocked out, and he wakes up. It's all these, you know, druid-looking figures with the hoods on, and it's the same people that he had on his, his uh, murder wall, the suspects, the exact yep. same people. And he's taken to, I mean, I, I was thinking the CBS logo in my head, as I was seeing this, to be honest, the eye the thing. Eye. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, uh, but he he finds this 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 skeleton again, and this is where it kind of really ties into that first issue, uh, the the Zaz thing with the uh the many faces, and then mm-hmm. you know we we get there's a gorgeous page where the, the two different versions of the question are behind them, kind of in the mist and the smoke. Yeah, and basically this woman, who although I think we see the real woman also lying dead in here after yep. a, a yep, page, yeah. The- the mini face, yeah, you know, takes takes the forms, and so of course it looks like she was a femme fatale, but it wasn't, you know. So was was Maggie, you know, he has that question now. Was was she the mini face person, or what? Which one was he dealing with? So I, it just adds more to his questions. I think my impression was that it was the real person when she went to the office to see him, mm-hmm. but right. uh, but here well, yeah, it was but, a trick to, you know. That's the assumption, but it, right. the doubt is in his mind as to was right. this the ploy the whole time. Mainly because uh, because we don't really have any other context for it, it feels like almost irrelevant that it was it wasn't really her the whole time. Well, no, but it, but again, it adds to that question of him mm. and, and the name of the character, right? Of, the question you say, Matt. That's ultimate. Yeah, right. And so, and him dealing with the the you know the the man of a thousand faces, and then <laughs> the, the the new form it takes and crawls down the well. The, the priest and it crawls. Yeah. 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 It, so cra- it crawls. It crawls like. Uh, this is, I've definitely seen this in a, a horror movie. The way this is crawling, I'm trying to think yep. of it to compare it to it, and I can't think of the movie. Damn it! Uh, but yeah, uh, kind of, kind of like, uh, like a contortionist would crawl around. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to say the Grudge, but I don't think it is. Nah, nah. It's, it's along it's... those lines, though. Of, a, yeah. of you know. Yeah. Yeah, but of course, this is when he wakes up uh, in present day. Uh, with Richard Dragon, he's he's finally woken up from like experiencing this, um, and 
yeah, basically makes a choice that he's going to go after this this uh, this enemy, this uh, thousand faced man, this Zaz, uh, and he has his question sort of face on at the end with the, the smoke making the question mark around him. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, it's a hell of a cliffhanger at the final issue because I think I was curious actually. I think you know, based on the the way this was working out, where for issue two we went into this wild west past, and then issue three is in this noir past. I think as I was reading this, I was like, well, how is this all going to wrap up in you know the final issue? But when I got to the end, and I'm like, oh no, this has all been building up to him realizing that the threats right in front of him. Because again, mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I read issue one, and because issue one and issue two were so separate in terms of concept, but there was this like a serial killer or something in issue one, right? There was like murders or something happening i just remember that it had to do with the mayor yeah uh and that's what led him to that that cult like area and that's what started all the the so i think it was the cult as not so much as a killer people were going missing and that's what he finds yeah but the the Mm -hmm. thousandth face man's behind it all though right so yeah the idea that there's this that's who he's going to go after this has been building up to him realizing who the enemy is and right hopefully he's he's going to be able to take him on I was just looking at how long ago the first issue came out, just for some context. Uh, November. Uh, yeah, yeah. 20th of November it came out. Uh, so three issues in, what, uh, eight months? Yeah. By the time we finish this four issues, it'll be you know nearly a year. Yeah. Um, so it's good. And it's one of those things where, you know, often if I feel this way, I'll go back and skim things. The problem is, though, is that every single book is this way. So mm-hmm. I honestly have time to go back and skim every single previous issue. Yeah, there's a lot, isn't there? So, uh, that is what it is. But yeah, the art's fantastic throughout. I mean, like I say, I, I think yep. it, I mean, the art's been great in all the issues, but it, I think it benefited this, this uh, setting even more so than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, rain looked good. All the smoke effects looked good. Uh, really fantastic stuff. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's so readable. It flows so smoothly. Um, I think, uh, I felt the same way about the Flash Annual this week, is that this was an oversized, but this was 60 goddamn pages. And honestly, like... I probably read it in like half the time I was expecting to, based on the page numbers. Yeah, it goes in pretty quick. Yeah, it flew in. I, I think thought. as as much as you know, it was harmed by delays, mostly outside of its control, because you know, eighty percent of it is this standalone story, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, as the beats are coming together, you're starting to remember, uh, especially the important ones. You know, like when it gets into the stuff at the end. Um, it, it kind of functions really well in its own right uh, for, for most of it. That even if you're like, you, you've got this nagging feeling in the back of your head that you, you know you're missing some of the wider context, but it's still really enjoyable to read. Yeah. Oh, I loved all the Norse stuff here. Yeah. You know, I couldn't, like, like, I remember the Western stuff and just trying to piece together, but just as a noir story, and especially with, with everything that's going on in the world and the stuff I've been listening to, it felt like uh, I really felt the synchronicity at play here. Yeah, I think um, you know the 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 really spread out schedule does hurt reading it in single issues, but I do think the trade for this is going to read very well. Uh, yeah. And it, I've got one set in at least a couple of close sittings. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking now, the second issue was 15th of January, so it was nearly exactly two months between those two issues, and I remember that being completely fine when I was reading yeah. them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the, so the third issue was supposed to be March. It clearly, get pushed a little bit. Just for it probably would reasons. have been pushed to April. Yeah, and you'd have gone. Eh, we we probably still would have managed fine. No big deal. But then April, of course, mm-hmm. is when no books came out because the world decided yeah. to change. So, <laughs> no, uh, really good stuff though. Uh, Matt, what are you giving this issue? Um, it was an eight. Connor, for the fourth book this week, eight point five. Ding. All right, there you go. 
the track record. Uh, so that was the last uh, sort of. Uh, wait, wait, what are you giving it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, eight point five. Yeah, yeah. It was a good week. And we almost forgot to talk about Young Justice because, for whatever reason, I didn't put it in the book list. Uh, Connor already left. We're actually recording this after all the other books. <laughs> Connor left. So, so when I give this a nine point five and it's not number one, you guys don't know why. <laughs> honestly i will say this this actually wouldn't probably make out in my top five no uh, no it's it's fine and i like what bendis is doing because if you're reading all the bendis stuff which i am it all fits in really well uh because this where this leaves off action the action issue with connor picks picks up mm-hmm. um but yeah but here you we find out that that bart has been going through the multiverses because he has realized something's broken and that Connor from, from this universe or Connor being gone by going to gem world. When he came back, this isn't exactly his universe. So he is from yeah, but, but, pre-rebirth. Yeah, to, well, to put it in perspective, he was stuck in gem world when right. whatever crisis happened that changed the world. Right. And then, so, he's still kind of left over. Although, I would argue that, I mean, is he even really from that part of the, the timeline? Because, I mean... No, he's from a different one, because yeah. that's what we saw in action with Mon Pa Kent remembering him upon seeing him is a lot the same with Barry seeing Wally and remembering and kicking all that off. Well, yeah, well, that's different, um, though, because the, the Kent's remembering him m- makes it more like he is from this same world before the crisis changed things. Right, that's why I said it's similar, but it's not the same. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, something's happening, and then so you find out that the, the Star Labs... No, but what, what I'm saying uh, is that Connor Kent and, like, the main continuity before Flashpoint died. Right? Right? N- he no, because he came back. When did he come he back? He came back from yeah. He never finished Legion of Three Worlds. All right, okay. He comes back <laughs> him and Bart both, which is the great thing here. This is where you know Bendis is pulling from that. By the end of this issue, because we see all the the star shenanigans, um, and that's where Bart starts explaining he's gone through the different multiverses, and and stuff's not adding up. But he doesn't get quite to it. So everyone at the end goes off to what they need to do. And Connor goes, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go meet with Superman. Yeah. He comes back and he's like, Bart, you're not telling something. Something else is amiss. Um, because when they both came back at the same time in Legion of Three Worlds. Yeah, that, well, that, that's um, that's the end of the story, yeah, is that Connor says, hey, something's not adding up here. You, like, right. that explains me, but it doesn't explain how, how you, where you came everyone back. Everyone else. Yeah. Um, which, which leads to the, you know, next time is, the, you know, what, what Bart's been up to. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting. I'm, I'm curious to see that. I will say that. See what I got to the... Because, again, we got to the second page. This two-page spread mm-hmm. of, like, all the characters. And I have to say, it being such a long time from the last issue, I looked mm-hmm. at one of the guys in the middle and went, who the hell is this asshole? And, yeah. of course, it's Miguel, but he's in, like, what, right. a hero. He's, he's, you know, he's dialecting. So, obviously, he doesn't... You know, he changes his look all the time. So, I'm like, who is this guy? Right. Well, right. <laughs> who's this asshole? And that's, that's who right. it was. Uh, I realized that right. later. Uh, and then it also it, Bart has information on Naomi, um, and like he gives her like a, a doorway projector type thing from Star Labs um, uh, about her home world and all of this. So you know, this not that this is a keystone to what's going on with all the Wonder Comic stuff, but it certainly is a crux of of what Bendis is doing 
with Superman, Young Justice, and the Wonder Comics well, stuff. It's notable that all the other Wonder Comics are all done right now. This is the only one that's actually right. coming out. Uh, right. And I mean, the issue it suffers a little bit from just being kind of standing around and explaining things. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's some nice moments in here. Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that the team kind of say, "Okay, we're kind of the Young Justice again." Um, and everyone is kind of included, and when the stuff goes down, we'll call everyone in. And that includes spoiler, it includes the Wonder Twins, it includes, you know, mm-hmm. Naomi. Um, it's uh, all good. LH kids. LH kids, uh, yeah. And then they're officially a, a Young Justice League, this is because the Wonder Twins end up pulling some strings to getting actual designation, you know, that they are the, you know, they are affiliated with the Justice League, which is really cool, as uh, explains the name. I thought yeah. pretty in a, in a fun way. So this is set like right before the fight that they were involved in in action comics, uh, seemingly. Yep. In action, yep. yeah. Which, which then leads to the Connor stuff, and it all it all pieces together really well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, the fact that it, it led being the continuity guy, I am Bart and Connor being the ones that are you know that Dennis is using to piece this mystery together. I I really like because they did you know Bart Bart got killed. In uh, right before Final Crisis by the Rogues, uh, in in his own book, uh, which led to Rogues Revenge, uh, which was also part of Final Crisis, and then you know Connor died in Infinite Crisis. So in Legion of Three Worlds, when they get brought back by the Legion, uh, by Johns, it it really meant the world to me. And then here, Bendis is using them as that, you know, what what is it conduit? Yeah, it's so what's going on in the multiverse. Yeah, everything he's doing conceptually is is pretty fun and is is cool. I think it's suffering a little bit from what this book has been suffering from occasionally, which is this is literally just a bunch of characters standing around talking all this through and explaining mm-hmm. it all. Um, so it's not the most exciting issue. It's not necessarily like it feels kind of inelegant in how it's constructed, and that it is just kind mm-hmm. of all this exposition constantly. It's kind of all the pieces, you know, uh, there, and it is. These have always been the most Bendis issues. These are the ones that Connor would hate the most. Like there, there are parts of Superman I really feel he would enjoy because they're not as wordy. But I, I did message you yesterday if you hadn't read Young yeah. Justice. It's very, very wordy. It's so. I think Young Justice has probably suffered. Um, well, it's, it's probably maybe time with Legion actually in terms of like mm-hmm. I, I think because they both have so many characters. Uh, yeah. They've both kind of suffered a little bit, especially since it's added more characters recently. Although it seems to be they're going maybe back down to the core group again for a while yeah. uh, here. Is that it's dealing with so many characters bantering off of each other. And a lot of it is pretty fun, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's not slowed down enough to really get a, a foothold in what its, uh, what its ongoing story is. And, you know, the fact that we're at issue 15 and we're only just kind of wrapping up, like, you know, why Connor's here and next issue, why mm-hmm. Bart's here and, and all that stuff. It, it's maybe taken a little bit too long to get there and there's, there's you know it's mostly been fun but you know i look back at some of the the earlier stuff with the the gem world and then the, the multiverse hopping and it oddly feels like a lot of it was very kind of i don't like to say filler ish but you know the, it felt like the stories themselves were a little bit inconsequential overall uh, and just there to yeah. kind of like al- almost stall us before we get to the the meat and the meat is again it's generally good but it is told in a kind of a, just a straightforward bunch of people standing around and talking about it. Yeah. Uh, kind of way. Uh, it is, yeah, no, it's it's still enjoyable, but in that way that it, I don't want to say it feels like a slog to get through, but it is, like you said, standing around. It doesn't really move. 
Yeah. You know. Uh, worth mentioning, that final page when uh, Bart's being confronted by Connor, he does mm-hmm. have tears in his eyes. So clearly, does. this is going to be, uh, so, you know, something emotionally yeah. impactful to him. So uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, your mic's going that, so by we'll the way. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. Just uh, as we're wrapping up here. But uh, uh, R's pretty solid. Bruce Timms uh, on the art. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention that earlier. Uh, you know, he's been doing a lot of these issues. Uh, sometimes only half Bruce of an Timms. issue. Uh, oh, God. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was John Timms. It's John Timms, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Timms. Bruce, Tim, Bruce Timms is a different person. It's a different person. That's that's the animated yeah, series. Yeah. Uh, I do apologize. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I forgot to put this book in the list, so we actually just had to squeeze this in after we finished right, the rest cool. of the podcast. Uh, but uh, what are you giving this book? Uh, I'm gonna give this an eight uh, if it's in. Uh, you know, no, I, I, I'm going uh, with a. Uh... I get. I kind of want to give it a 7, but I think I may actually go with a 6.5. Uh, oh, man. I, I think... I, I mean, I, I like the ideas that it's doing. I enjoy the characters finally kind of getting some of these answers and moving forward. I just don't think the book actually gives the answers in a way that's in any way kind of engaging. It's just kind of like, here's a, here they are. Here's just... Bart's yeah. way explain things to them. Um, without, sure. uh, you know, anything super exciting really happening or going on. So, uh, there you go. That is uh, Young Justice issue 15. That was the last regular book. We do have, just I will mention the, the, the digital uh, Deceased Hope at World's End issue 3, which came out mm-hmm. this week, which we've been kind of keeping up on, because of course we're invested in Taylor's uh, wackiness. Uh, this was an issue about the speedsters. Uh, not Barry, but everyone else. Wally primarily, but also Bart, Max Mercury, Jesse Quick, and how Wally and Bart run in one of the treadmills to create a portal to another world so that the other speedsters can evacuate as many people. They get like a 200,000 people or something close to that uh, through it. And to another world, yep. Yeah. And I thought I was going to go with a really dark ending because Max Mercury gets bit, right? And I thought, and he's through the portal and it's like, oh shit, like they've gotten through the did, portal. Did they just ruin this whole yeah. other earth? Yep. And then it's like, no, no, like he's still keeping a hold of himself for a minute. And he's like, no, like, you have to like send me back or do something with me. And basically they run with him so that he can essentially run into like the speed force afterlife and just run forever in there. <laughs> he, he would never have been fast enough to get into the speed force on his own. Nope. Yeah. But with Wally dragging him there, it's like nope. He, you know, there. live free. So it ends it ends in this yeah. really sort of like hopeful, heartfelt page of him just smiling in the speed force. Uh, this is now this, his existence. This is easily the best issue of this yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this is obviously uh, yeah we spoke about the, the the shorter format of this. It's issues like this that. Tom Taylor can make the, this format sing because mm-hmm. I've read at least two or three issues of his Injustice again yeah. at this size that just have such a impact, you know, he... that they they feel like monumental in what they're doing. <laughs> the thing that got me is on on Twitter, they're like, "I see that it's Wally, and you've said Wally's your favorite Flash. You wouldn't do anything bad to Wally." Uh-huh. And Taylor goes, "I wouldn't, would I?" And there's just a uh, and. Turns out this time no. Well, Wally got the you know, uh, you know the Flash like hopeful, at, at least for vibe now. here, at, yep. at least for now, you know. And and anytime I can see Jesse Quick, I, I love that character. Um, so and it's interesting. Without saying, it's interesting to see that we've set up some sort of parallel world somewhere where mm-hmm. a lot of the Flash family are there and. Yep. You know, do they pop back up later in this 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 book? Very possible, because it's in this book that they set but it up. If not, they're free to play within the multiverse now. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think in the main book, even later on, but we could somehow end up getting to this idea that, oh, it's not just the, you know, the, the, the jungle, the, you know, the garden in Gotham that's been a right. haven, or the people who left Earth in the main book. We also now have this, you know, these people who hop to a different world uh, with the flashes, yeah. which is actually also a killer idea. So there's actually like th- three places of refuge, essentially, that, that came and they're so separated and some of them don't even know that some of those exist. Like, no one else knows about this one. Like, you know, I don't think anyone who left Earth or anyone in Gotham knows that this yeah. th- third place exists of, with the Flash. One of my uh, favorite beats in this as well is when, uh, I think it was Max Mercuda, he t- t- takes Linda through, like, first. Yeah. And while he's like, I- I- I'm going to make sure I give him a hug for that one. And then, obviously, it all goes bad for him. But, you know, so he gives him the nice ending, almost as a, as a thank you for that. Mm-hmm. That's mm. for bringing her for- through first. Yeah. yeah oh man yeah, yeah this one got me and i was like damn it taylor well it's also just nice to get some a wally west story yeah. that's actually not well, well that's what i mean it made me it made me like mournful for what's happened to wally we could have had these stories for five years and it, it, is, it is very interesting that obviously the deceased has been this really weird concoction of continuity in the sense that some stuff's from certain periods some stuff's from other periods uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that Wally's in kind of his rebirth-esque suit here as opposed yeah, I, I to... I feel like else. that may have simply been a DC editorial choice just to make it recognizable for mm-hmm. anyone who's newer in comics. You know, anyone who's come in with rebirth and hasn't really read any older stuff, this is easily accessible to them as, oh, this is Wally West, we know who this is. Um, it just gives them a clearly defined look to separate them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there you go. I also, one of my favorite pieces actually is a sad one. It's when uh, Wally's uh, talking to Batman over the comms and he says something like, uh, you know, tell Dick to stay safe. And Batman just looks over and Dick's dead body's just lying there. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you're hurting yeah. me, and he's, in, and he's in the Mr. Freeze suit, so you know exactly when this is going on. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's, it's still just fresh. The, the dead body's there and he's just like, Godspeed. I'm like, oh, yep. God damn it. Why, why remind me of that beat? Because that was so tragic in, in, in the main issue when we had that. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. yeah, that's the price for reading Tom Taylor. He's going to make you feel things. It he was, does. Uh, it was a rough time, but hey. Uh, all right, so that was good. Uh, and it was uh, G.D. Manico on the art in this one. Uh, mm-hmm. So, art was solid. Uh, obviously, no stranger to uh, drawing flashes, but... Yeah, we, we know he is fantastic at drawing flashes. So, uh, Matt, uh, have we been rating these? I don't know. No, Matt, we haven't. We haven't? Okay, we haven't been. been. That's fine. That's, that's good. <laughs> Say that. Uh, all right. Uh, so I'll take us out of the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff, week, favorite panel slash moment, favorite cover, uh, favorite art, and of course, top five books, which this week's actually quite an interesting task because there was a lot of good mm-hmm. books. Uh, so uh, first up, panel slash moment, Matt, what have you got? Man, so there's, there's a whole lot I can pick from here. Uh, I hate going first. What do I go with? I know I'll just go from Strange Adventures. It's that that Starfield, where uh, when he comes down mm-hmm. with the timing, and meets up with uh, Alana at one. So I'll, I'll go with that one. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of great moments in Strange Adventures that I think are super tempting. Uh, I'm going to be lame and just go with the obvious one, <laughs> which is the chainsaw <laughs> and and metal i had to show some restraint yeah so that's why i want strange adventures i just I, I think you know what like it makes sense that it's invisible at first but i think i expect it to be invisible when she's pulling the card and then it'll be there in the next page the fact that it was still invisible as she was butchering 
<laughs> the Batman who laughs. Which, by the way, uh, stay dead. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that just made it work for me. All right, Cara, what you got? Uh, seeing as you've taken that one, because uh, that is a, a fantastic page, I will go from Hawkman. And I will go with... I'll go with the moment of uh, of Shara remembering their past uh, and kind of mm. that, that close-up on her face. It, mm. it was that or the, or the double-page spread, but, you know, great, great book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Cover of the week then. Um, I'm. I'm basically trying to-, to look at some of the death metal variants. Yeah, I had a quick glance at them. I, I think I'm kind of torn between the Garrett's Strange Adventures cover or the regular cover for Question Death of Vic Sage because I really like that one. Um, I think I'll give it to the question. I think I'm going to go with the question. Uh. So, yeah, I'm not going to explain it. Let's, let's look at yeah. it. <laughs> uh, it's a very good cover. Matt, what are you picking? So, um, I I do like that cover. Uh, but the Hawkman is pretty good, too. Which one? It's, it's him. Oh, the, the variant. He's holding the, the, the mace. Um, and his, his logo is flashing. Um, Superman one's decent with Mongol. Um, I'm, I'm going to the bottom. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hawkman. All right, come variant. Okay, I'm deciding between two metal variants. Um, there's a Wonder Woman one that I'm assuming is Art Gem. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm actually gonna go with the the Batman one where he's like a an actual knight with the sword and the axe. Uh, I believe that is the Ryan Brown cover. Um. Uh, Yes, I think that's uh, pretty gorgeous. Okay. All right, uh, favorite art of the week then, Connor? Man, what a tough week for that question. This this is a week with, with Strange Adventures. You got Death Metal and, and Hawkman and the question, all like top form for art. I think ultimately I'm going to give it to Strange Adventures because I, I really like the, the complementary artists and the way they, they work that style in together. Um, is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are you going with? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with the question with Dennis Cowan. That's just, you guys said it earlier, it's almost like he was just meant to do the noir stuff in there. It plays into his style real well. Uh, and it, as great as Strange Adventures and Death Metal are, that really stuck out to me. Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to go with Strange Adventures. Uh it's just both artists are so mm-hmm. wonderful, and I just I love the atmosphere on the Garrett stuff. I love the Paul Pinnis of the the Shainer stuff. It's just it's that's what it is. But yeah, it's a very tough week to pick. There's a lot of really strong contenders, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously metal and in question, uh, definitely I'd say Superman. Uh, I'd also kind of thought Superman Mc, McGuire's very good. The Saren on Hawkman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all right, top five books of the week then, Matt. Go. So it's the number one, Strange Adventures. Two is... I can't even remember anymore. I'll say two is Hawkman, three is Question, four is Superman, five is Death Metal. All right, Connor? I'm surprised Matt had Death Metal like that low. Uh, That's because I gave it an 8 instead of an 8.5, and I have to, you know... (laughs) Yeah, adhere to what you said. I got to adhere to what I said. Okay. 
Um, I got four 8.5s trying to decide between on the order here, which is ne never fun. Um, but it was, it's nicer for yourself if you just give everything different scores. It's really easy at this mm -hmm. point. Um, I think I'll go Death Bell at one, Hawkman at two, Strange Adventures three, and Question four, and then Deceased at five, because it was better than the Flash End. <laughs> Alright, just like Pete, just what what are yours? <laughs> I'm composing myself, man. I'm composing myself. I picked an actual book this time and it was a five, so I don't want to hear any complaints. Uh, yeah. I don't know if digital books are eligible to be honest, but it's fine. We uh, talk about on the eligible. Uh, fine. Uh my number one is Strange Adventures issue two. Uh number two. This is uh, stuff. Uh, number two is probably Death Metal. Number three, I think Superman. Number four, Question. Number five, Flash Annual. And I think it's worth mentioning that I normally really like Outsiders. And I think Outsiders, Outsiders was solid this week, mm -hmm. but it's actually like last place for me, which is a solid testament to how good this week is. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's a tough break. This was like a, a, a sports tournament. It just broke against a really hot team. Mm -hmm. You know? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, really, really, really strong week. Uh, so, I will tell you what is coming next week. So, uh, coming next week, uh, just in the order that League of Comic Geeks gets them to me in, uh, Batman 93 is out. We got the Flash 756, start of the final arc of uh, Williamson's run. We got Justice League 47. Aquaman 60, uh, which is cool. Uh, Teen Titans 42 is coming out. Red Hood Outlaw 46 is coming out. Connor will get to that soon enough. Uh, we got Justice League Dark 23 out. Batgirl 46 is also out. Uh, Batman Beyond 44 is out. We got John Constantine Hellblazer 7. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number 11 is out next week. Suicide Squad number 6. Uh, Batman the Smell Killer number 1. So we're finally getting Lemire's one-shot follow-up to... Uh, Killer Smile. Killer Smile. Yeah. So, really cool. Uh, Plunge Issue 4 is coming out. We have Harley Quinn, The Birds of Prey Issue 2, uh, Lola Woods Issue 6, uh, and then, of course, The Green Lantern, 80th Anniversary, 100-page, super spectacular. <laughs> just just uh, for the regular, we had 10 books and then the 100-page special uh, between us. Now, obviously, we're not all reading all the books, but still. Why did I end up a Patreon book this week? Yeah, well, I don't know why you didn't. I gave was, you warning. What was I thinking? Because uh, I ran out of time. Early. Last of Us 2 came out yesterday, all right? I've had very busy other things in my mind. Yeah, if, if anyone was wondering why there's no second Star Trek episode this week, <laughs> it's because we were supposed to record it yesterday, and Pete went, let's just not bother. I want to play Last of Us. No, I was giving Cara a night off, because I, I feel for Cara. He's been working very hard recently, and he, need, he needed he a he rest. He didn't give me a night off when Last of Us had arrived for me, though, did he? He, he, he was like, before that arrives, we'll have a night off. <laughs> I'm not, not going to get a night off this week when I could do with it to play Last of Us. Wait, wait did you didn't arrive for you like today? Yeah, arrived today, yeah. How can I give you today off? What's the new cancel well, the comics well, well, podcast so you can play Last of Us? You're inconsiderate swain. Inconsiderate swain. I'm night off, but maybe, maybe Monday would be nice. You've got tomorrow off. That's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> You've got the rest of tonight, and then you got tomorrow completely off. Let's play it. Time to play it. No, it's not. 
You know full well it's not. <laughs> I like how Carr committed this with an argument that he thought was ironclad, and I'm like, you literally are getting Sunday off. You get every Sunday off pretty much these days. What are you complaining about? <laughs> I, I want an extra day off. That's that's what I'm complaining about. Matt Ninja wants a, games. Pat, Pat, Matt wants a day off right now. Hey, Matt, I was sending you images last night of a very Matt section of Last of Us 2. So yeah, I know you did, and I told my brother about it, not exactly the spoilers, but because I asked him how far he was, and he was like, he's been I'm... stopping and doing everything, so he's really mm. far behind. I don't want to know. I'm about, I'm only like two hours in. I've, I've literally done the intro section. Yeah. So it's, it's fine. So I, I, I know up till you get to the main area uh, that the game's kind of going to take place. Yeah, so we're surprised he's even in the intro section, quite frankly. Oh, there was, yes. Uh, but yeah, you'll know when you hit it, there's a very map-friendly map section. And it'll Does be very... Does this have Vikings in it? <laughs> it's not Vikings, no. though. <laughs> okay, uh, so it's a bear. No, no, Maybe. exactly. But, <laughs> uh, but it's a very map section. Um, yeah, Sons of Us 2 is very, very good so far. I'm about 10 hours in, something like that. Uh, and it's... This, this is, this I, I literally good. like had to force myself to come off it so that I could read the last comics <laughs> this afternoon before we started. Yes, it got to like forty-five minutes before we start. We we're going to start, and I still had like three comics to go. One of them was the question, one of them was the Flash Annual, which are both obviously oversized. And I went, oh, I should really go and read those. So, yeah, I will say this: I can't wait to see what Naughty Dog pull off on the PS5 because this already looks way better than it has any right to on this old console. I'm saying and that's true. Anyway, that is uh, that's been us. We'll put Matt out of his misery. Uh, start talking about video games. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not just that. My brother's on badgering me to play that game forever, and I just I don't. I'm sure it's great. I just don't want to want to play The Last of Us right now. I still have a whole bunch of stuff sitting yeah. on there. Matt will enjoy God of War more. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and and all four Uncharted's for that. <laughs> They're probably more Matt speed, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yes. So because I heard the stuff you have to do in this one, and I just I don't like I the don't idea of that. Self through that. Yeah, I get it. Mm. Not at all. So, nah, the more tra more traumatizing yeah. the better. That's what makes it feel. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. Uh, that has been the the show. Uh, I will thank our Patreon producers uh, for the month. If I can find my uh my mouse, there it is. Uh. The problem is I've got three monitors and the third one's usually turned off, so sometimes my mouse ends up over there, I can't see it, and I'm like, where is it? And he just doesn't have these memorized by now. Well, there's, there's new ones, which is why I used to have them memorized, but now there's new ones. Uh, so thank you to Alison M. Fordyce, Tyler Hess, Sidney Palaceus, David Sharp, Bordenow, and Zammer Jammer for being Patreon producers. Uh, you can be a producer at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. Uh, it's a $20 tier and up. However, of course, you can support us for much less than that. You can give us just $1 per month and feel warm and fuzzy in the inside for supporting your favorite podcast and keep all the content coming. Uh, but of course, you get uh, early access to the show at $5, uh, as well as voting rights on uh, the occasional become previously in the multiverse, uh, which you also get early by day at $5. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, you can, of course, support us in a number of different ways. Uh, you can like us on the YouTubes. Uh, liking is really important, uh, as is commenting, letting us know what you think of the books. Uh, you can, of course, get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. Um, otherwise, is there anything else I would like to uh, like to tell you? I don't think there is. Nothing's springing to mind, but I'll tell you next week if there is. 
<laughs> if I had to escape me, I'll tell you next week. Uh, but that is uh, that is the show. That is episode two hundred seven of How Much the Multiverse. Uh, so you know what? Be be good people. But thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC comics and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Thank you.